This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. If this is gonna be that kind of party, I'm gonna stick my dick in the mashed potato. Neil, girl! I'm just a little bit sweet, but I'll trip with that. She ain't killed up the cross, dude. It gets a lot colder. I can strut around for you. Valediction. I don't understand. It's just become in defense of cold blood. Hello, thank you for tuning in to Jonah Ray. Dio can't make it because he's too busy making a reality show. About being Dio. Uh, Cash Hartzell is our producer. Hey, everybody. Neil Mahoney is en route. In traffic. Uh, um, in traffic. Uh, we got a great show. I want to jump right into it. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, you know, it's rare that we have... Uh, uh, rapeteers from the world of hip hop mm-hmm. uh, come to our show. Usually, there is just a scumbag uh, rock and rollers. Yeah, whatever we can scrape up locally. Yeah. Yes, but um, but we've had we've had big names on this thing. Let's oh, not yeah. oh, throw I'm, ourselves I'm, under the bus. No, we've had. Um... Don't worry about it. Uh, and then uh, I just want to, we'll just get right into it. The uh, from the Epic Beardman crew. We're talking about B. Dolan and Sage Francis. That is what's up right now. We're in the middle. With me, him, me. You guys just turned on right away. Yeah, that was Very that docile was before we started recording. Yeah. I just took a nap. You did, oh, that whole time? Up. Yeah, he had to wake me up out of the car. He was I sleeping. He slept in the parking lot. I you know, oh. I'm like, hey. we're, this schedule is crazy, brother. Where are you guys coming in from? What's it, what's it, LA. What? Oh, LA, yeah, that'll that'll LA. show you down. <laughs> Chinatown to be exact. Oh, Ooh. that's so right up that 110. Yeah. Oh, guys, we can talk roots all day. I mean, they, they don't they know nothing of of coffee shops. Uh, props <laughs> to the Chinese for effectively keeping out every single uh, chain restaurant and yeah. chain convenience that's store. That's that's yeah, very true. They do have a for miles. I walked I walked for uh, an hour. And I was like, "That's like a hundred years in LA terms." <laughs> yep. Yeah. I had to go by foot because I didn't feel like sitting in a car. What's the but, name of our neighborhood? Uh, the, well, we're in Montgomery. Montgomery. That's what Montgomery Park. Montgomery Park. Montgomery Park. Yeah. Oh, you know that wow. is? Has it been gentrified yet? I don't know if I would no, know it. It's, 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 it's not. No, I was man. the only white person. No. I was like, "Hey, let it begin." <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that was great. Uh, whatever Montgomery Park is in Chinese is where they are. 
Oh, okay. There's, hey, there's hey, Neil there's Mahoney, Neil Mahoney. Hey, everybody. Hey, all right. Never sneak up we, on two rappers. We finally, we finally have our fifth large man to come into the room. <laughs> you guys are all fucking big. Yeah, we're we're, we're bigger. That's why we're. Uh, I I almost thought about shaving as much as I could today, uh, just so I could really balance out the big beardedness going on. Neil is uh, is our, our other co-host, and he also is a soundboard. Here's the thing, Neil, you missed it. B was actually doing some of his own sound drops. He gave us a little. Oh yeah, yeah. Poop, poop, poop. Poo. Yeah, poop, poop, poo. That's right. when you. What, that's when you take a real quick shit, but they're all real solid. Yeah, right? yeah and they, <laughs> they could kill someone if they get in the way. Just... Yeah, those random sound effects. That's the, actually the twelfth element of hip hop. That's right. <laughs> right. Let's uh, not get into the whole. Boop. You know, uh, what is a periodic table of elements? Yeah, of yeah, yeah. We it's, could, it's we could be talk a long, for hours. Long yeah, time. we could. Yeah. That would be that's like if they ever remake Animaniacs cartoon, there's gonna be a periodic table of hip hop and they'll go through it. <laughs> that's, that's what it's yeah, that's really where things yeah. have gotten to because it's like obviously there's not just four. No. <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna have this is a subject of debate. I don't know if you guys know if this. If we're gonna have college courses yeah, yeah. based on hip hop, yes. we're gonna have to make a periodic table. We're gonna we're gonna have like robot Orson Welles going, in the beginning there were four <laughs> elements yeah. of hip hop. Totally. Um <laughs> the uh uh yeah, the area you're Chinatown, it's it's great. It's great. But it's also it's on that it's it's in that spot where we had a, we have a friend that opened up a little, you know. Let's just call it a hipster shop. Yeah. You it's know, a gift shop. It's a gift shop. That I a got a lot of gifts gift today. <laughs> yeah. What? A hipster gift shop? Yeah, like, you know. So uh, beard oil and. No, that's not, <laughs> no it's no, fucking like, like, Hello Kitty like a, toys and it's fucking like. Kind of like that, but candy like more like get anywhere else. DIY independent. Yeah, it's all independent makers okay. and stuff like that. It's a zine right. shop. Yeah. How did it work out? It's doing well, oh, just, right. uh, but it's like, stitching, like but it's one of those things. And then there's like, he started there and then across like the courtyard from him. A uh, there was a uh, art gallery that had a some baristas move in, uh, and now they have rotating baristas. I mean, good luck if you're trying to take on Asian cuisine in 2018. <laughs> like <laughs> it's popping everywhere. Yeah, We've that. just come across the whole country, and like there's dope Thai food in Mobile, Alabama now. <laughs> thai food like, is like, taking over. I mean, Thai food is the past. Malaysian food is the future. <laughs> really? Ooh, yes. Future, yeah. What's the? There's a place in San Francisco. Uh, no, that's Burmese food. Never mind. But most people aren't up on Malaysian, but and it's very rare to find, it's but it's so fucking good. What, what hmm. makes a Malaysian the, meal? Laksa. Yeah, laksa, laksa is, is one of is the main dish that like we that. typically get. It's it's almost like ramen, but it's more. It's like a meat sauce, close to dinden noodles. Oh shit! Really? No, I don't think it's a meat sauce though. I, I think it's just very spicy and and yeah. Thicker, but it, I don't think it's a meat like, sauce because they they specialize in seafood. Like laksa yeah. is more of a seafood thing. What's a din din noodle? Dan dan, dan dan noodle. You can get it at Pine and Crane, Silver Lake. It's, uh, like, a, it's like a it's like it's what you want, um, like sukumin ramen to be. You know that yeah. dipping noodle kind yeah. of ramen. Finding real dan dan is very difficult. That's yeah, because it's a, it takes a long time to put together. There's a lot of ingredients, yeah. and it's but like, it's just the noodles. The way they make it, it just they uh, hold on to everything. Yes, yeah, like, even more. I'd say ramen Kind of skinny okay. Yeah, yeah. Skinny, yeah. It's I, To me The easy comparison Is spaghetti bolognese Okay Yeah there you go. Oh, Okay But oh, with yeah. like Chili oil And Szechuan oh, okay. spices And stuff Oh Yes This yeah. is the first episode Of this podcast Ever gonna make you hungry Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If we didn't talk about Shits enough <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first We've already commented It's like Like a bunch of big guys Let's talk about music We immediately <laughs> curtail <laughs> Meatball subs guys huh? Erotic Meatball descriptions yeah. Of food Just yeah. five, five kind of white dudes Talking about gentrification 
Kitchen and food. I don't know. Um, well, we're gonna uh, we're gonna be here all uh, talking to uh, B. Dolan and Sage Francis of the Epic Beerman Crew, uh, and we're gonna play a song off of their uh, their new um, album. Now, you guys, do you call it a collaboration or do you save time with collab? <laughs> Collabo. Collabo. Oh, yeah, yeah, we collabo. Okay, you split the diff. I get it. Um, Now, there we go. It's a. now we're now now guys, we're a podcast. You, you guys like air horns? Oh, we love air horns. That's tight. I love the air. Uh oh, his head just went red. <laughs> did, did, uh, was was there you something in the like writer a... about no air horns? Because he he, oh. I'm scared. He sounded like an undercover cop. Oh, you guys like air horns? <laughs> you, guys <are> right? <laughs> See, you guys are into air horns. The air um, horns dope because the air horn lets you know when something awesome has, <laughs> has just happened or is about to happen. Yeah, yeah it's it's the laugh track of awesomeness. Yeah. <laughs> I. <laughs> I have an app on my phone that cues the air horn. Yeah, and I just uh, like throughout like mundane tasks throughout the day. Like if I'm in the supermarket with my wife and I like find the low sodium ham and I bring it back to her. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Like it's a big uh, yeah. Our God. old soundboard let me like. Trigger. Oh, I see. Oh, they, there you go. I can yeah. trigger it. You know, like ding 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 ding. Yeah, yeah. But now I can just do one at a time. Let him have it. Let him have it one time. It doesn't feel as awesome when you can't do the repeating air horn. And who's the guy that came up with that? Some guy was like, one, let's just go for it. (laughs) And then let's let have it restart every single time. Uh, Where's the air horn? Where did the air horn come become popular from? Reggaeton. Reggaeton, right? Or I would guess Jamaican like sound class. Or I would say soccer. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's the gold noise. Yeah, or yeah, boats. Yeah, no, it's like meh. Yeah, yeah. Vuvuzela. When's the, when's the Vuvuzela gonna come into popular music? Oh. You know the Vuvuzela? No, it's oh, those yeah, plastic yeah, yeah. long horns that they it's give a, out. A, it, like, yeah, it sounds like a swarm of insects coming at yeah, you. It's yeah, like a buzzing noise. They did it at like the 2008. How does World it sound? Cup. It was like, like a, a, like a million of them. Yeah. So it's like. Definitely. Like whatever it sounds like inside of a didgeridoo. Yeah. That's kind of what it sounds like when a stadium's in. Uh, but, I mean, I have a bunch of uh, favorite songs off the uh, Epic Beerman album. Uh, man, Five Hearts is great. Uh, I like, I love DIY MFS. Is, uh, is also very good because it's also like, you know, what we try to tell people yeah. and talk to people about, you know, about the do-it-yourself uh, mentality. So we'll play it. But do you have a preferred song? It's we like have a-, a video for DIY MFS that's ready to go. We have not released it yet because we, we're on tour and we haven't, like, I feel like our promo campaign, like, sometimes too many things come out at once and we get yeah. real scared of stuff getting overlooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and we put a lot, like, it's... a fucking great video i wish we, i could show it to you guys right now but we can't so show something else <laughs> well yeah well uh it's even if we did show it they wouldn't see it yeah. it's an audio medium <laughs> oh really yeah yeah we're all, what's all these cameras doing oh no no, no. Those, that's so for don't me don't you worry about yeah, those. yeah, yeah, yeah that's, it's a nanny cam they <laughs> tend to hit me um i will you sent me the uh the video like? for too bad yeah yeah which that's, is great that that's amazing the the little girl finding the the the, the, the vhs, VHS. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah cash sent it to me he's 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 like this aesthetic is right up your alley yeah. <laughs> word yeah. yeah but that's that i, mean, I, even, I love that i even love the credits at the end where it's all the credits on the back of the box that you yeah. slow rack through no they they who the mason that, and, that was uh, mason that that video weirdly um we filmed all the footage it, the, where you see us in the school like, yeah. running around uh, also very creepy yeah my brother-in-law somehow like just 
got access through his job to like an abandoned school. Oh, uh, was uh, it creepy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was Does he work yeah. at the Nightmare Factory? <laughs> <laughs> it was. It looked creepy. Creepy in the video because it's so pic, uh, not pixelated, but grainy and shit. Yeah. yeah. But we well, were like. It was. We got to fuck it up. It yeah, was yeah, fun as hell. Nice. Wild in a like, school. Did you get a lot chairs out? around. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. It was therapeutic you as hell. Throwing <laughs> stuff out the school window. No, yeah, I threw a chair out of the window. I was like, yeah. There still is an outside. Like this is a yeah. real place. I felt hey, bad because hey, it was your brother-in-law. I was like, I'm not sure if I'm gonna get him in trouble. With yeah. Job. But then when the footage came back, like we realized, like the dudes that had filmed it were, like. They really didn't know what they were doing. They were just two guys with cameras that were just down. Like, yeah. So like we we had shot stuff like not thinking about the huge windows that are in a school with like uh-huh. sunlight. Through oh, exactly. And, yeah. So like the footage was just very uh, amateurish kind of. Well, yeah, because they filmed the, in different formats. Because you had you had the VHS like grain on, which is why we invented the VHS. No fucking yeah, yeah, way. Yeah, that was the way to fix it. Oh, it was a fix. Yeah, 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 God yeah, yeah. damn, that's one of my favorite fucking things <laughs> yeah. in making up. shit. It's like you go well. It's like anytime I made a sketch or anything on a show, or I just kind of go, "Well, I fucked this up. What if it was bad on purpose?" <laughs> or, or, or the 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 um, was it Freeloaders got or was it Jonah Radio Presents the zombie episode? Oh, the uh, these guys Radio Presents or not Jonah uh, Jonah Ray Presents the, the 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 it was Freeloaders, wasn't it? Oh, where you so guys made did, the like, zombie a, years ago? Uh, a bunch of us made like we had this like web series, and like they would always take like a genre cinematic genre turn at the end. And one of them was we just like went up to the mountains and made like a zombie movie, like uh, like it just turns into a zombie movie, and then we send it into the people who are giving us money to make these, and they were like, "There's no jokes in this," and we're like, "Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because it just turns into a really like two and a half minutes of jokes at the front, and then a seven minute zombie yeah. movie at the yeah. end. And it's supposed to be around four minutes." Yeah, and we're like, "We're like, isn't that funny? The idea, the grander <laughs> idea of it just turning into a thing with no jokes." And they're like, "You got to add in. You got to do something." We're like, uh, "We're like, well, we can't." Like we don't want we like we shot the thing. Well, how about when the zombies fart? It sounds like <laughs> 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 you, know, you should be on top of that. Yeah. On the wrong page. Um, that's always Neil's response. Most I construct most drama are, for a living. Yeah. The um the but like what we ended up doing, which is like very uh like fortuitous in my case, was that uh we're like we're like how can we just make this funnier the zombie movie? So we added in silhouettes of me, Neil, and our friend Peter who directed it of us making fun of it, Mystery Science Theater three thousand style, yeah. which are then ironically I or coincidentally whatever maybe uh, uh, let's let's say the coincidentally when they brought it yeah. back yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and total accident. We, our dude Mason in in Utah, he had he had made a video for me called "Film the Police," where I had that was a similar thing where we had just shot three rappers in three totally different cities, and then we just had a bunch of footage of filmed police brutality that we wanted to edit together. And they're just they're great editors. With that one, they shot additional footage of TVs and then like green screen the footage into it to give it context. Nice. Like the too bad That's one. Yeah. He looked at all that footage and he was like, okay, what if, you know, a, uh, there's a little girl, she finds a VHS. So he filmed all that stuff in Utah. Oh, and wow. And then like his ill editor just put it all together. And That's That's, great. that's really work. cool. Yeah, I love yeah. it when the, 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 the constrictions lead to the creativity. Man. Yeah. It, it, it always feels a little, little more earned. That's a huge part of the whole indie hip hop movement. Yeah. I'm sure it's like that with every yeah. indie genre where you're yeah. like, you got very few resources. How yeah. the hell are you going to make this work out? <laughs> yeah. I like that challenge. I think that that pushes people in a, like to make things they normally wouldn't have that are great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, so it's, uh, with that said, let's listen to DIY MFS uh, by Epic Beardman.
I'm Jonah Radio. This that old multiple staple gun happened. Left lane aggressively passing. Round the world couch crashing. Broke ass van fixing. Hand to hand mission, man, listen. Split the clip in any video I wrote the treatment for I might just cut a fucking record if a DJ leave the tour I'm the one you settle up with at the end of the night And do my own security if something ain't right You know what I mean? That's that D-I-Y-M-F-F Everybody yelling facts, but they ain't the same facts. Which kind of negates that? And the walls you hit will still claim us. Strange fame us. Say it so the pain's buffed and the frame rust. And we find out what you made of. Tape stuff, no dual cassette. CD burning on the turnpike, moving the rack. Let's take a lap around the map and certain platters of wax that last longer than the usual. Removable test to get set by the mass. There's a mass production. Used to wonder why the mainstream was whack and redundant. All the watered down dumb shit, lacking in courage. Then I learned about the envelope and cash get tucked in. Program the rack and half the budget. So the first straights lead to a master puppet. Wasn't passing judgment, just wasn't the move. But since I wasn't budget, I had to listen to D-I-Y-M-F-S, do it. D-I-Y-M-F-S, do it. D-I-Y-M-F-S, do it. Do it your motherfucking self. Yo, say you on cue? Yeah, I'm on cue. B, you on cue? I'm always on cue. Yo, say you on cue? You know I'm on cue. True. Tell these people what you got to do. I represent myself in the court of public opinion. That's a gift. Collect the rent. To pay the mortgage. The landlord wants to build it. Don't second guess. Myself, if I did, that would be a first. I wasn't born on third. I'm the judge, jury, executioner, reach first. I protect home. You steal signals and get stuck. Wheels of steel, spin the singles that are pressed up. Bless up. I'ma dress you down. Remember when I went to your town? I booked that show, flight, hotel, and rental car. Drove to the venue, set a merch at the bar, did the sound check. Promoted, devoted more of my life to this mic than you can ever know, kid. Then I headlined. They be like, you be 40, I be like, red, red wine. When's my set time? There was a curfew, I served you. I gave quotes. You're too sick. How do you do it? D-I-Y-M-F-S. Do it. 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 Do it, yo. Motherfucking sound. Yo, B, you on cue? I woke up on cue. Yo, Sage, you on cue? I'm always on cue. Yo, B, you on cue? You know I'm on cue. Yo, Swap. Tell these fools what they got to do.
street. Yay! I'm Allegra Ringo, a small dog owner. My dog Pistachio howls when she's excited. And I'm Renee Culvert, a big dog owner. My dog Tugboat tips over when he's sleepy. And we co-host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog that airs every Tuesday. We bring you all things dog. Yes, dog news, dog tech, dogs we met this week. We also have pretty famous guests on butt legs. We're not going to let them talk about their projects. No. Just want to hear about those dogs. We don't want to hear about your stuff, only your dogs. So join us every Tuesday on Max Fun. That was DIY MFS off the Epic Beardman album with B. Dolan and Sage Francis, who are in our studio yeah. with us right now. We were talking about wedding rings. We saved the boring shit for off air. Mm. You're welcome. <laughs> when, when, when men were just being men and talking about their feelings, we're not doing that on air. No. Uh, but we do want to, it's a, one of the, besides being, I was like, so Sage, I've been listening to you for a very long time. You know, I, I became, into aware, became aware of you in like the past few years. Uh, really love your stuff. Like, always been a huge fan of your stuff. Thank you. Um, and also, like, you know, like your, your big breakout album, um, like, came out right, right when I moved to Los Angeles. So it's like, it's like your, that album and like, uh, oh, personal a, journals. Personal journals. Yeah, okay. And then like the Thermals album, or Parts Per Million. There's like, you know, when you make a big life move and like, there's like, that yeah. was. One of the because I worked at a record store in Venice Beach. Oh wow! And that was one of the promo CDs I had. So it's just <laughs> like one of those things you just end up listening to all the time. So a bit of a soundtrack. But um, outside of doing a ton of great stuff with music, more importantly, uh, you guys do so many really good things for people, like human beings. Yeah. And I know, by and large, human race not the best all the time. <laughs> But you guys have done like some really cool shit, and you're also um, you know Barry Crimmins, uh, who's uh, who our friend Bobcat made mm-hmm. a great documentary about uh, called "Call Me Lucky." But like, uh, it's a uh, B. You've uh, done stuff for the LGBT community in uh, in Rhode Island, correct? Yeah, I mean we we had a tour uh, called the Church of Love and Ruin in 2011 um, that got a lot of publicity because we we were combining a rap show with an 18-piece marching band and a queer bounce MC from New Orleans and drag queens from Boston. And uh, it was just this big, crazy variety show uh, that we did for a bunch of years. So that those events got a lot of attention as like, you know, integrating for all intents and purposes, just like tons of inclusion there. Yeah. Yeah. Rap and still show without and, making it a, like, it's still a fun time. Yeah. Making it like showing people like, this is the dopest possible situation yeah. <laughs> yes. a show yeah. where, where everyone's comfortable, everyone's welcome and we can all benefit from the cool shit that we all do in isolation. And, yeah. and that, uh, the people enforcing like rigid borders and roles are, are actually like making our party lame. Yeah. And, yeah. and do you, do you find that, um, it's you know like I grew up in the in the punk scene, which can be very male dominated, especially because of the you know like the idea of moshing and, and slam dancing. It's like it's it's not really a a safe place for you know when you have like huge dudes throwing fists, and then to have a woman that also would want to like you know involve herself in the music and feel the music as much as anybody else, and and that is the beginning of the um, kind of separation of of women in that scene. And did you find that uh, in hip hop? that there was uh there was these boundaries and there was a, a similar thing like at a hip-hop show you would be you saying it's like oh it's like they might not feel comfortable here so let's try and make it so there's hip-hop, a hip-hop is very um i'm a strong guy yeah. with big dick <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, and women are often targeted in several ways not not just physically but 
lyrically, lyrically yeah. yeah you know so it's not the most comfortable environment for them it's a starting in the late 90s early 2000s and the people i ran with we purposefully tried to create a scene that they could feel comfortable and and not feel like they were the enemy in the music yeah yeah, yeah. and um and it's it's it, we did not win the battle, but it was, <laughs> there really was like, it was crazy. Cause like I've heard from so many women who are like, man, it's so nice to feel like, you know, I'm, I'm included. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but there's also women who don't give a shit either way where they, whatever you say, like you could be the most woman hating motherfucker and they're like totally with it. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. like, music's good. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So can't argue with that know. beat. I mean, yeah, from a personal perspective, <laughs> that's what's crazy is because like, in, even in college, it was like the women's studies, like my friends mm-hmm. would fucking hound me about certain lyrics. Like they would nitpick the shit out of my stuff, mm. but like love Jay-Z. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, that, that he, he does have that great, uh, you just, a, it's a rump shaker about how women are disposable. <laughs> girls, yeah, girls, yeah, girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You don't get it, bro. <laughs> you just you don't get the levels. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, but that that's one of the hardest things for in uh, in appreciating art, uh, especially these days, is trying. Mm-hmm. How much do you? Am I going to have to separate the thing that I love from the person that I'm going to find out that I hate? Well, I yeah. think about uh, Patty from the band Dillinger Four out of Minneapolis, and like it's a uh, you know I don't know if this necessarily means that I'm sure it means a few different things, or you can just take it. But he has a tattoo, and it's one of his only tattoos, and it just says across his chest, "How, How much, much art can, can you, you take? take?" Yeah, and um, and that's it's on an atmosphere. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 that's right. It's like Minneapolis. But we met. Uh, I played with him. Uh, he's a. He was in what's the band's name? Dillinger Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's well, it's you know, Minneapolis is such a great scene because it's like, I've never seen so many genres intermingle the way that they do. It's not like they collaborate or collabo, B. But like it's uh, but it's like the fact that it's like you know, there's like the Doom Tree Collective, and there's you know the Atmosphere guys, and there's like you know, but like they also happen to know guys from the Replacements or Husker Du or Dillinger Four. Yeah. Or there's it's a super musical city and it always really has is. been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. art and city, it, you yeah. know, because the, the painters, right, the, right. the videographers, yeah. the radio people. It's it's like the whole art community actually works together. Yeah, way more than anywhere we've seen. Yeah. Well, they have to because they have to stay near each other to stay warm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that, it's a partially true. Yeah. Like, I think I mean, so. Yeah, yeah, the Midwest has that. Th- I mean, like I, I've never been there, but Rhode Island must be pretty miserable during the winter months, right? Yeah. Well, Neil's yeah. from uh, from Cape Cod, Cape Cod so yeah. that's got to be. <laughs> Which part? Yeah, pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, Barnstable. Okay. okay. Do, do it on the arm, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> but like Rhode Island is very tiny, and it's uh, they got RISD there. Yeah. So, you and know. it was a similar. It's a similar deal where it's like. For the population sample, the amount of people involved in creative or underground or alternative stuff yeah. is so small that just by necessity, you must be into everything because there's not enough bodies. Well, in the, the, or, you know, yeah, and, there's and, not and enough people. And people are friends and people. So like coming up, like my friends would bring me to hardcore shows. I bring them to rap shows and the same, yeah. the same you just run into the same small that's, circle. That's the way Joe talks about that, Hawaii yeah, too. Yeah. Is that, Hawaii's like, very similar in that way and like I was telling them that a bit where it's, you know, I became aware of Sage because 
um, you know, the the punk scene in Hawaii was just getting like there was getting kind of overrun by Marines or mm-hmm. you know, Jarheads and whatever. That was just the era. I think, I think so too. Well, because yeah. punk blew up so big that you know anybody can go, any you know bro can go, and but like the hip hop scene just kind of started just feeling like the punk scene when I was younger, and everyone was, and then they openly welcomed all the punk kids to come and hang out. They were excited, yeah, yeah. and yeah. like you know, like the punk kids would like pogo, like you know, I remember. Um, Soul came to town and played the Big City Diner, and like it's like, a, like we all liked them because they had that one song that uh, sampled Zelda, and uh, <laughs> didn't he, was that Soul that had a or was a guy know. maybe that opened up for him? But like know. a bunch of us, like like uh, Legend of Zelda, I think Soul maybe had something, sampled something from that. But like a bunch of us went, <laughs> but like it's like it's we were all like pogoing and jumping up and down. And like I remember one kid going like that only last time that happens when the alcoholics came to town, <laughs> but it was like shitty because everyone had their backpacks on. <laughs> but it was uh, like like it's just smaller scenes I think uh, like Minneapolis or Rhode Island and even Hawaii especially it's like and then like like after I had left Hawaii it came even more involved where it's like you know like punk kids like a bass player and a drummer from a punk band would be the backup for uh you know our rapper friends and stuff like that yeah. and vice versa and we just kind of go back and forth well actually mentioned speaking of that our friend that recommended you to us was kathleen from circle takes the square she was like, oh yo. shit she was like yo you got to do this i i toured with circle takes the square and united nations a couple years ago oh fuck yeah yeah, yeah, we've had uh, uh, Jonah, um, Jonah Bayer, Bayer? on yeah, the show. Yeah. And the his United Nations, that's Jones. fucking some of the best hardcore going yeah. on right now. Uh, them and Turnstile, I'd say, but like it's like that's really that's really awesome. That yeah, yeah and we saw the crossover every night. Was like it, I, it was one of those things that I did like. Oh, let's see how this goes. Like maybe I'll just get pelted with bottles every night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was immediate. Like there, there. It was like call and response, hands in the air, like. Just hardcore crowds. Circle takes the square crowds is ready for some rap. That's fucking <laughs> That's rad. Great. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was jumping. That was a great tour. I toured with Rise Against. Their crowd wasn't nearly as excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of like, it's like, so when you came in, uh, like, it's like you blew up, it, like, it's like 2001, that was a huge album for you. And it was on Anti, which is, of course, Epitaph. No, no that was, that was Anticon. Anticon is on. Wait, that album was on Anticon? Yeah. Weren't you on Epitaph? Eventually, in 2005, Epitaph put out my first Epitaph record. That's right. That that must be what I got. I got. That's the one that got. That was like, like, well, the Anticon thing. They weren't huge, but that record did great. Yeah. Um, and then I put out Hope uh, under the moniker Nonprofits Mm -hmm. with a record label called Lex, which was a subsidiary of Warp and UK. Fuck them. Then <laughs> I worked with Epitaph and they put out Healthy Distrust. And that was That's right. That's right. Okay. So that was when my profile just like shot up because they put money into the campaign and I had my face on LA benches and shit yeah, like that. Yeah. Was, were you, were you before, because, because Atmosphere then put it up. They uh, got, yeah. They, but they were on anti. Uh, well, at first it was Epitaph and then anti. Like my first record with them was with Epitaph. Then Anti put out my second two. Yeah. So, so Anti was like uh, for those who don't know. I mean, now it might become it's a sub label. It was yeah. a sub label, but it was like where they started putting out. Like they had this money to kind of start putting out stuff and experimenting yeah. with what they liked but as they opposed had, to what they knew would yeah, sell. Yeah. They had they had Tom Waits. Yeah, you were like Tom so your label Nico was Case. Tom, Nico Case, Baja Buntu. Yeah. Or, that's crazy yeah it was almost kind of like when that hardcore label in got chicago ninja man they got yeah, shine head yeah. <laughs> elephant man bounty killer yeah shabba <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I should get that one. Do we have a Shaba? Shaba! No, that would be great, though. We should yeah. get some Yellow Man uh, samples Yellow Man. in there. You know Yellow Man? Is he a guy that goes really, really fast? Uh, yeah, he goes pretty fast, but he's also like, uh, he's albino, and he just, but also chooses to be very weird the way he, like he, like he purposely, he has a very heavy Jamaican accent, but he also like says things really oddly. I remember like uh, a kid that I knew, a Jamaican kid, who was, he was like, that guy's really weird. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, we would never know otherwise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, uh, oh, so you went on, cause uh, yeah, you went to Rise Against, and I remember like when, uh. The Promise Ring, their last album, Woodwater, uh, it was an anti-records uh, album, and they opened up for Bad Religion, and it was just one of those things where, and that's another thing, technically, both punk, different subgenres of punk, uh, you know, Promise Ring is the emo indie stuff, yes. and Bad Religion is just classic, you know, Southern California, hardcore punk, uh, and they got booed every night. Every night, they would, you know, get booed, uh, and, but like the guys in Bad Religion love them. Yeah. And yeah. there's like sometimes there's that disconnect. Uh, you you had a best case scenario with that. Like I, but I, yeah. as a comic, I've been asked where it's like a band was like, "Hey, come on tour with us and open up for yeah. us." And I go, "No, I, I've tried that. It doesn't work." And they go, "No, no, no." And this is the same thing. And I'm sure, like, at, at, you know, like, was it Rise Against? Yeah, yeah, Rise Against. And like, so it's like, no, 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 not our fans. Yeah. <laughs> our fans are different. Yeah. That's what everyone wants to believe. Right. But like in the end, everyone's there for music and not some guy yammering. Against me, I also toured with Against Me, and that was great. But, but your stuff is very like aggressive. Do you see? Do you think? Like, I actually did a song with uh, Bad Religion. <laughs> I know. Okay. Yeah. So I would have loved to tour with them. But <laughs> so, wait, you never played? I just figured that might have. They happened. never even like I did that song with them, and they never let me play it with them. And they would what? they would do it live, and they would have random people do my verse. Wow. So they had an intern do the verse. They had a guitar <laughs> ah. player. Do, they would take someone from the crowd, and like I see, I like search on YouTube for uh, Let Them Eat War live. And see how awful these motherfuckers like, like they because they think in my I like listen I don't want I don't want to talk about them like this but they don't respect hip hop to the degree where because they, they think he's just saying words anyone can do that like come on come yeah. over here Sue yeah, yeah. do it do the verse you know it's the words do the rhymey part yeah. it's cold yeah. um, that I would have you know live with him we're gonna get take, matched up with him. Because he was on the label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brett owns the label, the guitar player, and 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 your political and your political yeah, beliefs. He was into my up. stuff. Yeah. yeah, but Greg's not. Like Greg hates hip hop, as far as I know. So yeah. I, I feel like that was the there was a split there. I was like, all right, I'll let you have him on the record, but <laughs> what? Yeah, I'd like to think that he would totally nah, appreciate it. I don't think so. Man. Let's 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 play that song. <laughs> I recorded it in yeah. Brett's house. Well, he's on it, so yeah. we're getting permission. Yeah, and we're it's, uh, we're talking about it, and we're talking about it. So that's commentary. Commentary. Uh, we got to be. Right. We got to be safe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We don't want to get sued. But like, but the, well, well, how about I just sing their parts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sing their parts. No, even better. We'll have them. Now I have her. Yeah. 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 But here's here's what we're gonna do. Sheet over there. We're gonna uh, we're gonna play that song, and while we're doing that, I'm gonna search online for uh, <laughs> for people doing right. it live and see. Uh, is there any that you remember being? Incredibly terrible. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. If you I see it, like you'll probably the thumbnail. You'll probably see it. Yeah. No, there's right. an intern named Sue that would do it from time to time. <laughs> that was her well, job. He's a big Johnny Cash fan. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Sue. She was cool. Like I got along with her. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll play that. Let's meet War culture. from the Empire Strikes First. Uh, and then uh, I'm gonna look up some some bad covers of this. <laughs>
Probably skip to yeah 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 yeah. There was only a little bit more. Uh, uh, so that was "Let Me War" by Bad Religion, featuring, featuring Emily, featuring <laughs> that was featuring Sage Francis. Uh, and so they never, like we stated just moments ago, they never had Sage come and do it live. Even though I was at shows and they know I was there, you were even you were there. <laughs> They yeah. just don't, did not, there was, there was a lot of weird things going it's on. It's literally like a walkie call. Hey, could we get, could we get him over here? Yeah, get him on a golf cart. Bring yeah. him over here. Yeah. All right. So this is what we found online. It's, uh, um, Emily at Warp Tour this featuring is a, Bad Religion. Li- <laughs> yeah. Live featuring Emily with an exclamation park. Also, it's like, you know, most punk bands, that was not too different from most punk bands out there today, which is like two original old guy members and like just like 20 year old Greg gave it like a, like what a. Hey. He was like, it's like, well, and of course because it's it's Greg, it's like he gave the uh, you know the professor going like, you got some good ideas about society. <laughs> you know? How about you uh, Snapchat me later? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That was like 
That was okay. That was, uh, yeah, and she's like a girl that kind of came. Yeah. Out. That was and a also, bad example of a bad example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But let's not like it's it's a it's such a you you know what, listeners, you find the worst one. You yeah. send it to us, uh, Jonah Radio R A Y D A O at gmail dot com. You find the worst one, we'll send you a free uh, <laughs> tape, a cassette tape of the new stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder though, not to go down the rabbit hole, but Emily Davis ha- is kickstarting her new album, or was in two thousand nine. Oh. oh wait! So this is someone. And I wonder if she Emily is a punk Emily girl. Is a, <laughs> Emily is the least guilty person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah, of course. In fact, she's Ex- probably a fan of it because she's a friend of Sage. Shout, right. She knew the lyrics. Shout out to Emily Davis. She did her thing. Except for her, her name is Emily. I hope it works off. <laughs> works out. <laughs> Emily is a problematic a name in my personal history. As I don't think she's a. Uh, so many bad Emilys. There are a couple bad Emilys. Out <laughs> Emily there. is the female mm. version of like uh, Trevor or Travis. <laughs> Travis Ooh. probably. It's red flag. It's a. It's a red flag. Yeah, we get not always, but people. sometimes. Yeah, well, but my old gym teacher ain't I want to shout out. <laughs> <laughs> shout up. What it, what's like? So, what's the opposite of a shout out? Would it be a, like? A, there's a lot of people I want to shut in. Shout down. <laughs> shout down. Step on. Shout down. Shut down. Yeah. Shut down. That would be it, right? Yeah. yeah. Shut down to you know. <laughs> Take seats. Take several seats. <laughs> um, so you guys, uh, outside of. Uh, Looking almost exactly alike, um, and I can't. I'm not one to say. People say yeah. that. Last year, I also had glasses. People yeah. ask us for brothers, um, but like, but you're also you, there. There is an age gap there. People yeah. are talking. You're like the new Elon Musk and Grimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the new one. What? Well, yeah, there's it's a, six hours old. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, the internet age. Cash. I forget it. I can't keep old up. News. Give me bogey. There's a little guys. generational. Yeah, there, there's like a mini generational divide. Well, yeah, you, we're uh, we're similar age, I think. Uh, um, you're 81? 81. 82. 82. Exactly. Oh, I thought Alpha. you were saying you were hey. 80 years old. What's that? I thought you were saying you are both 80 years old. No, yeah, no, no. Neil, no it's like, all No, that's your liver, Neil. That's joke really quickly. No. <laughs> Do you know uh, the word technically millennials? Te- yeah, technically millennials. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't even... The, it's the age the oldest These yeah. old guys it's, are talking about whatever. <laughs> we're riding off on our hoverboards. <laughs> high-fiving. <laughs> well, there was like so much debate where it was like when the millennial thing came on... People our age were like, "Where it's like, no, we're not." And then there was like a, a, a por- there was like I remember going to a site and they were saying there was a gap. That's, oh yeah, and that's like we were that's between us. X and millennial. But now they're even not even calling them millennials; they're calling them Generation Z, which is kind of that's so millennial, scary to is like. Z, cons- wait, wait, like what, so what is Z? What do you? It's what, the last one. <laughs> it what, the, the newest one. generation? Z, is yeah, Z? that's what they're saying is Z. Is, is so that people that grew, I think it's people that were still in school when the internet uh, came out. Uh, I think that's kind uh, of how they're in school. And, like high school? Well, they, uh, no, because like, I like Googled well, millennials yeah. the other day and it said the time span that it had was 81 to whatever. I was like, it, oh shit, I'm the oldest millennial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like you're, you're a millennial that knows how to reference the movie Singles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I'm the youngest Gen X. Oh. Hmm, how old are Thanks you? Thanks a lot. I'm 41. Thanks for okay. making everything shitty. Yeah. Oh, wait, what's your... Uh, 77. What's your birth... Uh, 77 yeah what's uh, your birth sign so for, first of all <laughs> i'm the oldest gen x okay <laughs> okay oldest what was that 67 76 76 oh, okay oh <laughs> i'm sorry room. yeah here 
I don't even think we are considered that, though. I think we fell into a, a gap between Me too. Generation X and Millennials. Because I kind of looked at Gen X as like, oh, God, they're fucking old and fucking weird. <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? I was looking for, for a group to be a part of. And I I'm thought like, Gen X yeah. just meant you had a crush on Janine Garofalo. No, no, that's, <laughs> like, that's like babysitter crush. Oh. Okay. Wait, babysitter like the Alicia Silverstone movie? No, I was a little like, too young. Oh, like I had a having crush a crush on, that on your movie. babysitter. Oh. oh, like she's that much older than you, but you're like, yeah, but I don't know, she's gonna yeah. go out with something. But if we were adults, the age gap wouldn't mean anything. That's what you do in your head. No. Yeah. No. I never thought about being an adult. Are you crazy? I never had a babysitter. We, they, my parents. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my parents just let us do whatever we wanted. Yeah. Just island children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the water will cut them off yeah, yeah. before they go. With like with Hawaii parents, um, like or at least mine and most of my some of my friends, it's uh they you know uh, they were there, but they weren't there. Yeah. Yeah. They were. Uh, well, they yeah. were there, but they were also in oh. Hawaii. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the um, but I I'm trying to remember. I'm what we were... sorry. It was a good it was a good diversion, Neil. Are you saying sorry because of my predicament? Yeah, my upper middle class upbringing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I know it's tough. In a paradise, in a literal paradise. You don't know it at the time. Though. <laughs> you don't you're think about like it at the time <laughs> when you're walking down the street and there's either like a local guy going, "Hey, Tom Howley." Get, you know, get off my island or some good old boy from the Marine base nearby just bored as fuck wanting to beat up a nerdy kid. Wow. Hey, you learn to hate mostly everybody. Word. But one of the things you hate most is the military occupation that America has throughout the world. <laughs> um, and uh, you guys are both, both pretty politically active. Yeah. And do you think that's a, a responsibility of uh, someone... In hip hop, do you think hip hop, much like any kind of uh, subgenre or any kind of progressive genre, should be there to kind of tell people and teach the kids uh, what's up? For for me personally, I think it's a requirement, but I don't think it's a requirement for everybody. I think there's like you're talking about different subgenres of punk. I think there's a yeah, I, I think ton it, of yeah. types of rap music that is applied to a ton of different situations. Uh, I think rap is more complicated than other genres because it has a a specific black history and no. context within like American black culture. All music is black, bro. It's a good point. I mean, even sure. punk can be like traced back to right, right. You know, rhythm uh, and blues. Well, and- I think I think the fact that MCs can speak at length way more than singers do, though, put black rappers in the position of leaders in at a time when there was. Avoid in black leadership. There was a crack e- epidemic, and then you had MCs like Chuck D and KRS, like using the format of hip hop to really, really teach people in a way that, like, sure, yeah, music has been political and instructional, but like the amount of data I got from Public Enemy, or you know, it was it was just more, yeah. and it felt more impactful and important and personally connected to the the rapper or whatever. So that's what I came up on, and I'm aware of my position as a white person within that music and yeah for me uh because i find like these these political ideas that resonate in my own life or have been true in my own life or have lived these experiences and stuff like i I put them in the music and try to address it uh not all the time but but I, i don't hold others to that standard yeah i mean it's uh there is with any kind of music or any kind of art there's there's the stuff where you go, well, this is this is just good and or fun, for lack of a better term. Or this is like, I enjoy this. This can be enjoyed. And it's like, you know, there's certain kind of punk where I, it's like, I'm, I go, 
I like that they're not talking about anything in particular. Yeah. Or they're talking about their day, or it's just like it's some dumb thing. It's there's something I like about that, um, and it's it, there's and that's why escapism is you know an aspect of all points of entertainment, you know, especially mm-hmm. during the depression. The movies, you know, got more. Uh, there were more musicals made during the depression than you know other times. Where it's like you want. Sometimes you like you go. You're like it's like I want to learn about some shit and I want to feel this stuff and I want to hear someone else feeling it too yeah. and I want them to feel it in a way that I'm not able to express. And that's a great. That's a great motivation behind the Epic Beardman project for us. Was <clears throat> I mean? There's, I'm of two minds about this, but the Epic Beardman thing was let's have fun. Yeah, I mean, even the you cover know, of your album is like you guys are in Star yeah. Trek. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. When you talk about escapism, like I've been watching Star Trek like hard since Trump got <laughs> like, elected. Yeah, yeah. 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 there's yeah. literal well, that's fantasy. Because it makes you feel good about there's literal fantasy rap, like yeah. kind of raps that, like I mentioned Jay Z earlier, and like these these friends of mine who would hound me about my own lyrics, who were totally okay with Jay Z's, because they listen to that as that oh it's just fantasy rap, but you're talking real shit, but that's just fantasy oh. shit, <laughs> you know. So. And what we're doing, some of that is actually fantasy rap, and it's fun to just in uh, uh, like two different worlds where this song, the song where uh, we kind of hate on kids, we hate on relationships, <laughs> yeah. or we hate you know like hate on stuff that's like we. I would like to imagine a father of four <laughs> has his earbuds in at, in his cubicle in work, and he's like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, for real. <laughs> That's where yeah. else is he going to get that? Yeah. So yeah. We're providing this service to fucking what's, people. What's so funny about that? It's like uh, a buddy of mine, Dustin, that I grew up with in Hawaii, and he was like one of those kids that was you know punk kid, hip hop kid, but like really like um, uh, him and his other friend Jason, like they started this like you know MC duo, Proletariats. It was great. It was like it was like our friends, and they made like a dent in the Hawaii hip hop scene, and it was so exciting. And yeah, you know, I still keep up with him. He lives in Long Beach now. And when we were going to have you guys on, I was like, hey, do you want to come up for it? And he's a teacher now. So he's like, I can't. And he's like, oh, but, you know, it's been a it's been like maybe five or six years since I checked in on like both either of those MCs. Like it's like, what's their stuff like now? I was like, it sounds like they're having fun. (laughs) And he's like, he's like, that's so awesome to hear. (laughs) Like he was excited that and like uh, and we were talking about this other band Turnstile and this, you know, the the fact that our friends band Fiddler is like, you know, they're they're doing well. It's just because like sometimes it's like there's room for all of it. And, And when art like it's like there's especially now people like the the audience is insatiable almost yeah. the way that younger kids have to just put out shit all the time yeah. which yeah. is very akin to like how MCs and and beat makers had to just put out mixtapes like yeah. kind of consistently yeah. to get you know heard or noticed it's like it's like artists now just have to constantly it's have on hyperdrive now it's crazy it's yeah. just like you're in the you're in Snowpiercer if it was run by coal and you're just fucking <laughs> shoveling in coal into the content mines yeah, yeah. 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 we were joking about that yesterday we said, were, do your thing we were just driving and doing like I worked for a hundred years in the content mines <laughs> and I got the consumption I got the carpal tunnel I got snaps I got Instagram I, stories I, I got dad along pops <laughs> <laughs> I literally worked in the content mines of Funny or Die. Yeah, yeah, when he was at Funny or Die, like, we're all churning like, out a video a day, just like cranking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think even comics nowadays with Twitter, you know, it's just like we're not even stand up comedians anymore. We're stand up content Indians. Yeah. You know, it's just like the idea of just, you, you know, I every time I try to get off Twitter, I go, oh, well, how will people know when I'm on the road or how? Yeah. 
how they know that I have a new thing that I made or anything yeah, like the, that. The creative life is, you know, you don't get to go to Walden and sit there for three years and write something to come out. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, not, you got to be Instagramming live from Walden Pond. But it, but it makes me so think So when those ducks land... Walden yeah. Pond. Motherfucking Google it, dog! But it makes me think about the idea of, like, uh, it's, it's that, you know, artists for a long time never made money. It's, you know, if you think about anyone who was a singer or a uh, an actor or a writer in, say, like, you know, three, four hundred years ago, they just kind of traveled around and did their thing, and then they just made a living, a bare-bones living, and a vagabond living off of just doing what they did. And it's and then the way things go, sometimes people can get that, you know, sometimes the king says, I'm going to just give you money to make music, Beethoven, or, you know, this or that, you know. Uh, but nowadays, it's like there's there's a lot of artists, there's a lot of demand for it, and so a lot of artists we know are becoming blue collar, like yeah. entertainers. We're like it's a uh, it's like you know if we if we stop working if we stop making we don't have money yeah. just like a blue collar worker yeah. if he I stops the norm yeah yeah and that's yeah. the norm and it has been and I think it's like building up to a uh, point but there's this disconnect that a lot of people have I think where they go well but I grew up seeing superstars yeah right. I, I grew yeah. up seeing people that was almost at the same level as I was but didn't have to really worry about like you know next year's mortgage or anything kind of like that yeah and I think it's a lot of entertainers now are, are coming to terms with like oh this is our live we joined the circus yeah maybe unknowingly when we were young and yeah. P.T. Barnum like swindled swindled us into this idea yeah and now we're here just making a living off of doing it for the rest of our lives well the, um this was a theory that that came up that I was I was talking to somebody and I think I heard about it first like 10 15 years ago you, you guys heard about the thousand true fan theory yeah, yeah the the idea that that as a artist you're supposed to be getting a thousand people a year to spend a hundred dollars on you or two thousand people to spend fifty dollars on you whether that's live event t-shirt recording something like that and that is the goal for basically a blue collar artist is that that's what you need to connect to a certain amount of people at a certain monetary level. It always it, it, it always struck me as a little weird that you have to go that economically straight about it's it. Weirdly, that's weirdly simplified. Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. not uh, but, but that, yeah, that, that's why that, it's so popular. It's such a simple yeah, idea. Yeah. But the emotional, you know, reward is for <laughs> yeah. interacting with fans and having fans like Sage, like do you, like, you've been, you've been at it for so long. At this point, and I've interacted with the fans for so long. Yeah, I, I very personally interacted with fans since the internet. <laughs> since yeah, aim like that's how I learned how to type was like <laughs> talk, like talking you to two, fans. Two finger, or you I did at first. Now, now, now you're I, I do about one, two, three. I do about maybe six, five or six fingers. Nice. Mm -hmm. Like it's so they're, right they're the most active the ones. Left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I learned on There's like AIM. a couple heads listening going like, I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Sage Kills, man. We was, I was like, that's how I, that's what's craziest because that was early, uh, it was late 90s. And the fact that I could speak to someone who even knew about my music was exciting to me. Yeah. I could do it on AIM. I could do it on Napster because mm. Napster had a chat Shit. function. So oh, really? shit, that's yeah. right. Anyone who had my fucking music on their like whatever what on is, their sharing, what was it called? Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was like a library where yeah. everybody could. So see I would what hit them up, and I'd be like, "Hey, what's up?" Like I just yeah, just I to connect. That. Yeah. So and then I start. I had my message board, which was one of the biggest hip hop message boards <clears throat> for underground hip hop, and 
I knew it was important to have that connection with people because how else would I, they, how would they ever know about what I'm doing? And it would you like, cause like underground rap in the late nineties, I mean, I'm trying to think it's like this. So like you're, you're all the way out. Cause I only really know of underground stuff because of being in Hawaii, because of like Anticon would just come to Hawaii. Yeah. So that's how I found out that there was people doing hip hop, just like punk rock kids yeah. and all the seven inch records I was buying and stuff like that. That's how I found it. But it's like, like, what was the scene like on the East Coast? And you know, and like for it's like, and you must have been. It's like I, I mean, was sure, a bit behind and went to New York. I mean, we grew up about ten minutes. Well, he was apart still in high school at the yeah, time. Yeah, at that time, yeah, yeah, yeah. But were you on that message yeah, board? Were you yeah. were you downowning his songs for free? Do you? No, owe he him, didn't know my. Do you owe I, Sage I money? I did actually. <laughs> do you owe him money? Like real quick, real quick. This do you owe me money, motherfucker? Answer the question. We're square. We're square. But <laughs> I got your coffee this morning. Uh, that, that does. You owe me ten dollars from the fucking merch dealer. Like, oh, yeah, I do owe you ten. Uh, but yeah, no, I I randomly came across some some joints of yours that uh, on Napster because I was searching the term like spoken word. Or something. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was in New York in the early two thousands. I was in high school at the time you're talking about. But then yeah. I got to New York and. The underground that I was interacting with there was like nonfiction, raucous records, mm-hmm. company okay, yeah. flow time. Uh, you were at the radio station previous to that. And yeah, that I, yeah, I did the there. yeah right up until 2000. I was at the radio. Actually, I moved to Brooklyn in '99, and I was doing stuff for Fat Beats, and then I, I went back to Rhode Island. But um, the scene, it's the scene was burgeoning everywhere uh, on the East Coast. Like people were finally connecting um because of the internet i feel like people started feeling more comfortable coming out Mm because they realized other people were just as weird as they were yeah because before that hip-hop had a very strict set of rules of how you're supposed to look how you're supposed to sound what you're supposed to rap about and then they realized whoa there's some there's some real fucking weirdos in hip-hop yeah Yeah. okay let's get weird then man like yeah i got support yeah i know fucking so and so from over here like like and then that's how things started connecting with the indie hip hop scene. Yeah. And um see that's I, why Scribble Jam was a crazy we talked about it earlier, but Scribble Jam was a crazy thing because weirdos from all parts of the country. Will, would will come you give together. us just a just a quick overview of Scribble Jam? I know a little bit about it, but Scribble, I, I well Scribble Jam was was just a a fest not even a festival, it was a battleground mm-hmm. for uh, MCs, DJs, b-boys, and graffiti writers. So they did like the four elements, the four elements thing, and they like made it a contest. In the beginning, basically, like, who's the Scribble best? Jam. Yeah. <laughs> but that, and where was it? Was it? It was in Cincinnati, Cincinnati Ohio, of all funny, fucking places. You know, like who the fuck yeah. wants to go to Cincinnati? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, shout out to Mr. Dibs. He's our Dibs. boy. But like, <laughs> chili. Yeah, the the fact that he made it happen, him and his crew made it happen in Cincinnati, and it was a big thing it was huge it was it became the biggest gathering for for interesting hip-hop as far as i'm concerned yeah uh and where all these kids who would talk on message boards and shit and then finally meet in real life it created lifelong relationships and careers well and you get one of the great things about because i first became aware of that independent stuff through rhyme stairs through atmosphere and idea and abilities and stuff like that but the one Hip hop more than any other in any other mu- music is like you can invite other people to participate. Yeah, like I think I heard you either on an Aesop Rock uh, track or never ma- that, never that, 
orphanage. Yeah, that's what you're talking, talking about. about? Maybe it was a on a on Your a research cast atmosphere. Man, I'm sorry. Me. I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but also, Neil knows the, more about hip hop than me and Cash combined. That's has true. Said nary a word. He's, he's silently yeah. judging you. But bro. it was very jazz like. Yes, yeah. it's more. I mean that. I that's what that, I liked about. Yeah, it. Yeah, the jazz influence in what we were doing as as vocalists, because. Jazz musicians could jump on each other's shit and just jam and yep. like that's what we did vocally. That's how yeah. like the freestyling and it's like pals. It's like it's like yeah, hey, we're doing this thing and that's totally. like yeah. that's yeah. what Ant- oh you got to hear this like, and yeah, was yeah, yeah 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 everyone that's was totally on everyone's record like every yeah. record was an Anticon record but it was just like it was like whose name was on the top yeah it was the same thing yeah totally yeah and so like you go you go down to scribble jam and it just become it's like it's like. Well, people were trying to prove themselves there, trying to make a name there, trying to sell merch there. It was like it, so it was, was like a, it was a convention. To, yeah, it was. It yeah. was like it was a jam, Jonah. Well, not to. I, I didn't mean to like. It was a, definitely com, a, convention. a corporate, oh. like you know, like no, it's I, like the it most. It was, it, and we we miss it, but it can't be. It Is there anything no, near? There's nothing it. like nah. it. Now. Nothing like it no. anymore. Nothing. Like people, the sound set, like Rhymesters does a thing called sound set every year. Has is nothing like scribble. There's jam. festivals and then there's conventions. Yeah, but like it, it, you know, sounds like it was just like an org- organic version of what a convention is trying to be. Yeah, yeah. we'll all yeah. come here, and it it does seem so like accidental in hindsight, but it's like now you still there's there's cities that independent rappers can go tour in because. At Scribble Jam, there was somebody from that city who would organize a carload of kids to take to Cincinnati yeah. once a year, Shit. and that became the anchor. Of, that's why there's yeah. to this day yeah. an indie rap scene in Birmingham, Alabama. You know, yeah, because like, it, it's still somewhat around that nucleus of Scribble Jam. You know, like it that's all crazy. Yeah, the amount of time it that's still wild. comes up and yeah. still things still go back to it. You there know? Yeah. a truly special period that yeah. I think even I think we knew it at the time too. It's not yeah. the kind of thing where like we thought it was forever, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's why it meant so much to yeah, people. Yeah, because it was so unique. There was nothing else like it, for, and all of us were part of something all of a sudden. Yeah, and Neil, is that when you, like, when you were at uh, While You Were Sleeping, Neil uh, wrote on While You Were Sleeping magazine for a bit, yeah. which is like oh, yeah, graffiti. Yeah. yeah, I think I interviewed you over the phone once. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> Shit. And I came, I met you at the, oh, no, I can't remember the name. Uh, Black, no, Black Cats of D.C. No, the, yeah, was the one in D.C.? In, what's the one in Baltimore that has a cat? Um, Auto. No. Autobar, yeah. yeah, yeah. They had yeah. a cat and a martini glass on the T-shirt. <laughs> no, <wow. laughs> Autobar's the shit. Yeah, shout out to the Autobar. Yeah. Baby leg. That's that guy. That, never mind. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this guy? Get him off the couch. <laughs> we're gonna uh, we're gonna uh, stop. Speaking of a scribble jam, which was also a huge, uh, like we said, one of the. One of the elements, graffiti. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, poop uh, poop noises. <laughs> <laughs> Business ethics. Air horns. Um, but uh, but uh, this is one of my favorite uh, uh, B. Dolan songs. Um, it's What's off that? Kill the Wolf. It's Graffiti Busters. It's oh, just yeah. Word. yeah. It's, it's a great song. And it's Thank just, you. it's like, it, it. I like when people like that song. I like it just because it's also like, it has this like, it's like, uh, we should do this. It's that kind of. It's a. It's a. Feels like a rally song. Word. Yeah. And, you know. It's like it's it about feels... destroying graffiti. Yeah. 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 It's a. It's a, It's like. It's like it, graffiti busters or buff monster. You could call it buff monster. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is graffiti busters off of uh, Kill the Wolf by B. Dolan. We'll be right back with more Saint Francis and B. Dolan.
They say that every work of art is an uncommitted crime. Though they paint me as a vandal when I'm out committing mine. Follow the dripping line. You will find me in the gallery. Faded off the toxic haze in the faced alleys. At first I did it casually. Created in the train yard. Slayed the line in 89. Escaped into the skate park. Hit the vacant lots and weigh up spots to make a mark. I'm capping amateurs. I banish ya. I'm trained in the art. But it takes heart and talent and years of practice. Respected by my rival cause I'm peerless at it. My method is perfected, a professional routine. I may be the most meticulous the city's ever seen. Who could get the place clean from the heavens to the gutter? A famous all city for the way I run the buffer. Recognize even royals pay the tax. The paint scraper, the straight razor, the pain taker, the train fader, the fame eraser. Who? The great Satan, the name most hated. The contribution to the game most underrated. Bombing block colors make a whole wall vanish. Give us a call, we'll come and undo damage. Local business owners always know who your man is. The one who made the blankness you take for a canvas. Graffiti busters run the city.
you so much to the over 28,000 members who joined or upgraded during the 2018 Max Fund Drive and to all of our monthly members. You showed up in full force to help us reach our goal and to show our appreciation, we're putting up this year's batch of Max Fund Drive exclusive enamel pins on sale for all $10 and up monthly members. And just like last year, we're giving all the profits to charity. For 2018, we're supporting the National Immigration Law Center. The sale will run from May 18 through May 28, so don't miss it. $10 and up monthly members will be receiving personalized code and instructions to purchase pins on May 17. So keep your inbox open and notifications on. For more details, head over to MaximumFun.org pins. And to learn more about the National Immigration Law Center and support them directly, you can go to NILC.org. Busters by B. Dolan. What's, what's the B stand for? Bad, Bad motherfucker. motherfucker. Anything else? <laughs> Bitch bladder. <laughs> Good word. Banned from the so broadcast. I, I only ask because when you went to the bathroom immediately upon getting here. Are you talking shit? <laughs> no, no, it was, uh, Sage was like, he's like, it was, it was one of those things where <laughs> this guy. Hey, I'm trying to stay hydrated out I here. Talk <laughs> it's very hot. It's, it's the desert, man. It's a lot of, I'm drinking a lot of coffee, a lot of water. Yeah. <laughs> stay hydrated. You know, stay I'm staying hydrated. hydrated. I'm traveling like a lot. You don't want to get sick. Yeah. Out here. Um, so uh, how did you guys end up meeting <laughs> and becoming buds oh, and a, that's, getting that's to a, a point where you can call your friends uh, bladder a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> we, we started, we, we ran into each other in 2002. We were, well, we were in the... So you're, you're hanging around like high schools. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we you're older than me. I, ironically, I, I was the slam master of his slam team in high school. You were the what? I was the slam master. Is that like a, a dungeon master? But yeah, pretty yeah. much. He creates I the game. The the poetry he gathering makes the rules. He says what words we're allowed well, to I use. Figure out, I figure I pick out who's going to do the sacrificial poem in the beginning of the <laughs> the slam. I, I pick out get the judges in the, the crowd. <laughs> No, I hand out the papers and the and the pens and <laughs> yeah. tell, explain how the rules go. And he was one of the top slam poets of the high school. Don't ever call me a slam poet. In your life. <laughs> so yeah, this is uh, I read this about you. I read this about you. Being anyway, I took him under my wing. Hold I was on, like, wait, he hates slam poetry now. Yeah, I, it, I hated you, slam it's, poetry it's then. Responsible. He's, he, no, oh. it's, it's the way of saying he hates me. I hate okay, you, Dad. <laughs> no, fuck you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> this is just rebellion, man. I'm not. I'm not tripping about it. But no, we had wonderful slams. And <laughs> our slam community. Slam. Was... <laughs> Stop saying slam. <laughs> so that's this guy can't even watch Summer Slam anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, we met at a poetry slam. I big, was the slam book. master of his junior high slam, slam squad. Okay. <laughs> we uh, It'd be less embarrassing if you were if you were in an improv troupe. Anyway, uh, I was coaching their troupe, uh, the loose screws. We met at a poetry slam, all right? No, we what, didn't. what came first, poetry or your interest in hip hop or rap? Was yeah, I, yeah. I, I, but well, you didn't know any beat makers, so you went into poetry. I was twelve. I was I was living that in how it happened. I so. was living in like Smithfield, Rhode Island, and yeah, I found a Scarface tape because my older cousin had it, and then I found a Biggie. Like literally, I would just like find these things and just cling to them. So there was what like, drew you to it? Uh, I think the anger and the darkness. As as a twelve year old, I was yeah. a very dark little kid. So, but like, it's funny because I felt like I was angry and I yeah. felt this energy and like I, when I found like 
punk and hardcore music. It yeah. was, but like, and I think it was also because like I saw people that looked like me, right? And like it's, I just didn't. I well, there was no visual component first of all. So yeah. I just the Scarface just tape was just the Scarface. Tape. You just heard this voice coming out. Yeah, and um. It's, yeah, just, and, it's and the Scarface. same with me and Ninja Turtles, by the way, guys. <laughs> I heard it, and I was like... Are you talking about Ninja Rap or the movie? No, Ninja Turtles. Uh, the, 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 no, the, no. In the sewer. I made Vanilla Ice in oh, yeah. a sketch once for the soup. I made Vanilla Ice do an acoustic version of the uh, Ninja Turtle rap. Yeah? And Ice Ice Baby. Unplugged? Yeah. I had like my friend Mike Henry played guitar, and he did an acoustic version in the back of a uh, bookstore in Echo Park. Word. <laughs> he's, a good, yeah, yeah. he's a good sport Sounds about it now. He is. And he took my shirt. He's like, he's like, I feel like I need a hipster shirt. And I was like, I was like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. That's a really good note, Ice. Uh, and then I gave him my like plaid Western shirt. And then uh, he buttoned it up to the top. And I was like, I wish I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then he left with it. Word? Yeah. Anyway, Shout so you were. Yeah, no, I'm, I didn't even process the difference, to be honest. I, I was 12 and I heard him talking about like slitting people's throats and but but Scarface would say ill shit too like in between his murder raps he would just say because life has no meaning or you know <laughs> it's just, like, just real young quick nihilist. it's like heavy shit and I was like yeah you're listening to Scarface nope. watching Harold and Maude that's it like <laughs> I never seen a man cry until I seen a man die and there was there was, there was uh, Google it dog <laughs> Harold and Maude is a dope <laughs> <laughs> And he also said on that album, I've realized as I revisited, he said, I got this killer up inside of me. I can't talk to my mother, so I talk to my diary. And as a young 12-year-old, I was like, I can't talk to my mother. I'm going to talk to my fucking diary. I Holy started shit. like writing raps. Well, that's, that's like, I started awesome. writing. And that was the way for you to just get stuff off your chest. Yeah, so then I later, I performed some stuff I had written when I was in college in, in, at a spot in New York. And someone heard like hip-hop influenced rhyme in a poem and was like oh you should go to the new eureka and perform that which is where i went and started performing and ended up at a slam because it was you know like i was yeah. uh and but i didn't they didn't really have rules in new york they would just let me go i would write these like 10 minute things and i could would hold the crowd's attention and it was all good so they would just let it happen and then so they were I, fine because as like for the show's sake they were like well this guy's well really they just engaging. didn't know they really didn't have rules like it was like at the new eureka it was like on wednesday night it was an open mic you could basically be up there until they booed you off because they wow. were notoriously like, very harsh crowd but mm -hmm. i was just it was at like, a poetry slam yeah <laughs> i mean it yeah. wasn't a slam there it was more of a just poetry mic. reading open poetry mic. open yeah, mic. yeah. yeah. but yeah. then like if you quote unquote won like they they score it and if you won they'd invite you back on a friday and if you won they'd invite you back for some semi-finals shit and and i had gotten into the semi-finals and when i left the bartender was like, hey man, semifinals pretty cool. How are you gonna get around that three minute time limit? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what three minute time limit? He's like, yeah, your shit can only be three minutes. And I was like, fuck. And then that was right when like Def Jam, I went and like taped a pilot with them, and I was like totally grossed out by that experience. So the combination, uh, I, I just bounced on all of it. I just didn't show you up. You didn't even show oh, up. Wow. No, and I just didn't what show up. What was the Def Jam Pe thing? You did? People thought I was dead. <laughs> Selena Glenn thought I had died. Was that I your disappeared? That was their first go-to. He's not here. <laughs> yeah, Probably yeah, dead. Yeah. So, uh, that was yeah. pre uh, cell phone days. Well, like, yeah, you can't like, just yeah, text yeah. Him. And I was like showing up steady week after week. So when I just was ghost, like yeah. But the, yeah, the Def Jam thing was whack. I was like, they filmed me. I didn't know what was happening with the film. It was, it was, it was Jeff, Def Jam poetry. It was the pilots for that. Yeah. Oh. Shit. And uh, oh, did you meet Russell Simmons? Yeah. yeah, I had like an awkward encounter with him. Did he? 
Did he touch you? No, he didn't. He touched my bag, though. I had an Army-Navy bag I was living out of at the time, and I had a brick of weed in the front pocket, and everyone had to put down their bags in one spot. Wait a second. You had what? I had, like, I had a bunch of weed. And uh, I say Francis, I real straight edge these I'm sorry, days. man. I do drugs. Uh, and I turn around, and I see just someone touching my bag and, and run up on him. I'm like, hey, man, is it cool to leave that there? Like, And my face is saying, like, get the fuck away from my shit. Yeah. And, and, you know... 20, 20 minutes later, like it's over, and I turn around and look at that guy again. I'm like, that's Russell Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> Russell Simmons. Uh, he, well, Russell like, Simmons he, can also, afford his own goddamn weed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, he was looking at the, probably the construction of my. It had cool belts he's and very buckles. Very interested in, in the construction. He was making, he was making <laughs> Fat Farm. He had Fat Farm at the time. Fuck. So Fuck then, how, Simmons. So like, where, where did you end up in this poetry scene? So after 9/11. I moved back to Providence. A New York guy named Bob Holman tells me, go look up Sage Francis. He's the only poet in the scene. I didn't even give a shit about slam or performing. I was trying to do uh, this, like, uh, we were going into high schools, performing, working with kids to create, like, a little pocket of kids that would meet every week after school and just, like, the, the weirdos, the losers club, basically. Yeah, 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 like, the exactly. shit that wasn't there because when I was clown, in high school. That... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, the clown and he was blew, George he, W. Bush. I'm trying to be layered here. And he blew me off. He was like, what? No, nah, I don't want to do that. So then I went to his little poetry slam. No, I was like, I was really and I beat him. Oh, I was like, no, no, wait a second. You want me to do stuff for a bunch of fucking shitty kids? Totally, bro. <laughs> then I jumped on up the fucking large pipe and fell into the water. <laughs> Fuck you! I'm not doing that shit ever. Oh, so that's how just, I, yeah, yeah. I walked Can, into the the show looking for you. Like, nah, where yeah, is this we, asshole? Yeah, and this is before either of you had beards. I had a beard. Wait, what? I had a beard. I came out with a beard. How how old were you with a beard? I was. I had a beard in middle school. I uh, yeah. excuse me. You had a pinstripe beard. Pinstripe beard? Yeah, I mean, I, it was You had smaller. a soul patch for a long time. I, mean, I never had a soul no, patch. No, he never had it. But he no had soul a, patch? You was had it 2001. Beard. I had a fucking the bomb-ass beard. I can't, can't even grow it back anymore. And then 9-11 happened, and you're like, like gotta cut this back. The, nah, the I was when joint. I it was the second time I was at Scribble Jam. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had a yeah, huge yeah, beard. Yeah, yeah. It was 2001, because I remember 9-11 happened, and I was like, what am I going to do with this beard now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always, uh, I always felt bad for, I always felt bad for Soul's beard. It was just this, like, it was like a real Viking, like, kind of patchy, <laughs> long beard. And I was like, hey man, you don't have to have it. You he don't has, have to have the, yeah, his, the ponytail. He has no, um, he's not, he has no. I don't know what you call it, but he's not self-conscious about his beard at all because it's like all types of fucked up now because yeah. he's like. I told you he was like he was cutting it, just trying to like trim it, but yeah. he did it all himself, obviously Never without a mirror, that. and it was no. all fucked up. And I was like, "Yo, your beard's fucked up. Like, <laughs> yeah. what? Why you got to fix that?" Why? And he said, "Why you no, do this?" Because he had a he had a child recently with his wife, oh, and he's wow. like, "Yeah, well, you know." My wife doesn't take care of me anymore because we have a kid. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, yes, it, I was like, dude, just fucking like either shave it off or she doesn't clip my toenails. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember the, look in the mirror, motherfucker. Jesus Christ! I remember the going to see like, going like Soul and Dos One were like the first like uh, anti gun guys to come to Hawaii. And I went to the show and I'd heard them. I was like, I was like, these guys sound crazy. They must be fucking real weird, like turtleneck wearing weirdo artsy they dudes. They were, and but then I went and Dos One. Has like like it's like when I saw that show the IT crowd Richard Ayoade's character I was just like that guy looks like Dos One he's got kind of a fro he was wearing like a puka shell necklace 
and like he was wearing like a like a, like a polo a local shirt. purchase. It might have been, <laughs> and that's the thing. You always saw anytime a band came, they would always put like a, a Aloha shirt on or something like that. Yeah. But like I saw him, I was like, I was like, that guy just looks like some dick I would see on the campus at UH. Not that I went to college, but I would ride my bike around um, <laughs> campus. But like, and then I saw, and then like I saw uh, Soul, and I was just like. He just looked like another, like kind of like you. They both look like UH burnout dudes oh, yeah. that just hung around Maine, campus. Or, are they? Are the both those guys from Maine originally? Nah, D- Dose is from Cincinnati. Uh, oh, Soul's right. from Maine, but he's yeah, he's a he's a Portland yeah. Maine boy. He's like, he's got a oh, man. He's. I guess a kind of hippie background, but also that's what he seems like. Just like a hippie, yeah. That, but like, Dose is not so much. Down. He's more of an artsy fartsy yeah. background. Not not hippie because he's too uptight to be a hippie. Soul is there's definitely a freeness about him and like a I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna say that's whatever the, type thing. Yeah, yeah. And that was what was really cool about like seeing that come to Hawaii and then like and then start to see this whole other side of hip hop, which you know you guys were a part of for so long, which was so cool. Like, it's like, and I, I'm so interested, like, just like, it's like, so it was 2002, you said, or four? When, when we you, met? Yeah. Yeah, 2002. 2002. And so it's like, it's like, and you kind of had just heard about him. I was, and you're uh, not like online all the time. Cause you're, I had, you're honestly, your own life. I had not heard of Anticon. I, yeah, I was, I was on yeah. too, too fucking nerd rap. I think for yeah, him I to wasn't, even be aware of, he was like, yeah, really cause he's in a scar face. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of, I, to be honest, I didn't even get him until I saw him live. Like really? I, I, and it, it like connected a major thing in my brain, uh, because we met, in that weirdly adversarial way where he had like punked me <laughs> off. So I came in like, who is this Sage Francis asshole that thinks he's running shit in Providence? Well, it's like when anyone goes, it's like, you're going to meet this guy. You're going to like love this dude. Yeah, you guys yeah. are so much alike. Yeah. And then like you don't. And at the time, there were like 12 other rappers that sounded exactly like him in the scene. So when, the night I met him, I also heard instantly like four other people who sounded like him. Name names. Uh, <laughs> you wouldn't know him. Exactly. Thankfully. Go cabal, <laughs> boom! <laughs> Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we can name that name. Yeah, I like this. Is the difference between some guy that's yeah. like still young and like doing like a, like an older guy? Like, I don't give a shit. I'm gonna fuck. No, we can name Argo. <laughs> uh, yeah, his yeah. coffee shop's doing great. We can name him. <laughs> He's in China. Yeah. He's uh, doing kung fu. Good <laughs> and that was the thing. I was like, yo, do you have a dojo where you make rappers that sound like you here? Like, ah! what are you doing, man? And he kind of did. He just had, like, this cult of personality, which he had earned. So you, you were, know? like, what are you, king of the scene out there? Not nah, right. I had what, a college what? radio show. You know, yeah, like, he so, had just done a lot of work. Like, But, yeah, like, yeah, but, like, it's, luck. were there other, were you the only guy that, like, started in, like, so your scene, you start. You start doing stuff in Rhode Island. Yeah. You go to New York for it. You come back. Yeah. And then you kind of like, but like you have this perspective now. By the time I came back to um, Rhode Island from New York, it wasn't like I was, uh, cause I, I guess my, I was big, the biggest part of the scene before I went to New York. Cause after I went to New York, my focus was everywhere else. It wasn't Rhode Island. So mm-hmm. yeah. Except when I was back in Rhode Island, I still was like part of the poetry stuff and that's how we met and shit. Yeah. It just was like I was super involved in the local scene right up until I went to New York. 
That's like the you radio have, show. You guys both have a weird thing when you when you talk about the poetry scene. You're both very like it's because like, it sucks. Well, part of, <laughs> and part of it's honestly, em- like it literally, it's embarrassing. Like yeah. straight up, this yeah, shit's yeah. embarrassing. I hate when people say they say it in our bios or when they describe who we are like don't fucking mention it like I'm a better ping pong player than I am a slam book I've done like I played Zelda longer than I ever fucking did a a slam book for real, and but it defines you. And but that was one of the things that made us like really friends because we met in two thousand two. We were on that like, yeah, I know him. Yeah, he's I. Like then I saw him live. I was like, oh shit, he can rap his ass off. Like he's an MC. And but and then at the time we were both just trying to get away from that spoken word scene or like we would yeah. we'd have long conversations about how whack it was and how full of shit the whole stru- the setup was so because you get it's, tired it's, of that scene just because like it's like, a whack scene it's, it's a whack scene yeah yeah it's it, compl- do you think it's because it's self indulgent it's self indulgent it's insulated mm. it, it's super insulated that's one of the biggest problems it's, it's like very academic scored. like it makes people fucking that's the part that's crazy to me it makes scoring. people figure like everyone has to figure out a formula to get the best score and yeah then, you play in a game yeah, yeah. and they just, harbor these like and it's easy feelings, to win. Like, like you, yeah, if you have okay. if you have chops, if you have performance chops, mm-hmm. it's easy to win. Like you yeah, just yeah. learn. Like well, okay, just, I, this scores well, well. You know, like I, if I, if I say if I give this a really vulnerable tidbit, uh, they you know, like and uh, I almost died, but uh, I came through. Like some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and you do, do you think like it's like it's self like, help. Like flashback, and it's like the last poets are there going like, "I hope we get a good score. <laughs> yeah, I hope right. we uh, are, are, you know, yeah. our bit. I can't, I can't say that my favorite bit of theirs, but like it's like <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, like yeah. I hope that one about how our people are really uh, trapped. Uh, yeah, right. Get, like <laughs> and win the th- win the competition. Yeah, and I was trying to do like aggressive, controversial, challenging material. And and it wouldn't obviously that's not what you do to to score well. No, you have to, it's almost it's, it's, I it's like to fight the moth the crowd. Yeah, is it, do you think that's like the moth that storytelling show that very NPR ish? Yes, yeah, it's like oh, just, just tell your personal wrap story. Wrap it up with a nice bow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like it's it's a Sean Patton is a great, 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 great stand up comic from New Orleans has this bit where he talks about storytelling comics. He's, he's like storytelling comics. They just tell a story and they hope to find bits. Like that'll make people laugh throughout it, and then they do that thing, and then he's like, "I guess in the end, what I learned," and he's like, "He's like, go fuck your NPR fucking asshole." I guess in the end, yeah, what I really, what it turned out to be, all in all, like all these like like wrap up, yeah. Here's the end. Yeah, that's that is a that's a total NPR segment. That's it. Yeah, he just wrapped up NPR. Yeah. I like that. I'm gonna And in the same way a slam poem is like in the first minute establish something hopeless and tragic and <laughs> shitty and in the second, you know, fill it with lots of just mishmashed imagery that's inspirational and and then, you know, by act 3 uh, just like hit him with as many bumper stickers as you can. And yeah. Just, like, self-help machine gun. I got it. Know. I got it. Here's one. Here's one right now. Here's my slam poetry in that in that in that concept. It's like bombs. What if there wasn't bombs? Coexist. Coexist. <laughs> what if the only bomb inside you was the bomb that you were hiding the whole time under your heart? Yeah, yeah. What if your heart was a bomb? <laughs> Let your heart explode. It, it's also the problem with people biting each other, like in hip hop, like biting, you know, yeah. copying or whatever. But they see what styles work best, and they do that style. So yeah. then everyone starts doing the same type of delivery, same kind of setups yeah. and shit. And then I had been around long enough where 
I'd see people doing styles that they didn't even know where it came from. Oh, yeah. shit. So I'm like, well, I know where you took that from, and you're doing a shitty version of it, and <laughs> I know it works with the crowd, and you're going to get a good score, but go fuck yourself. Dude, comedy's like, the same way. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, you see like a young kid, you're like, it's like, I know you're doing Hannibal Burris right, right. now, yeah. Yeah. but right. it's because you saw Kyle Kinane doing it. Yeah, exactly. You don't know what you're playing with. Yeah. yeah. I, I also I like the idea of like, it seems like poetry is golf. Like, like you just you don't you don't need anything but like the clubs. It's just like, oh no, I need a three iron to get through the first part, and then I need to like yeah. just just that's all it is. It's not anything you're feeling. It's just and then I'm gonna just draw with, out yeah. a line. It's just I'm all about the them. tools that you use to get there. Yeah, with that, with that game anyway. Yeah, and that's why it's like once you've learned those skills and you've won a couple, like get the fuck out of there. Same thing with battle rap. Like win, sure. Like mm-hmm. win, learn how to speak to a crowd in intimately learn how to command attention learn how learn about timing learn all that like basic shit but then like don't be the guy that's winning the poetry slam 10 years in a row <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine if you no were just imagine if you're just again. a roast comic that's right. yeah. all you did uh, no, I, or like it's like are we calling yeah you know, there's like club comics you know, yeah they, yeah they yeah, just yeah, go expand. and they kill and they got their tight yeah, they got their tight 30 yeah you got their hour and they just do it and forever. There's, there's slam poets that are doing the same poems now that they were doing a decade ago. And it amazes me. I'm like, holy shit, you are still. <laughs> With all due respect, I still do poems from 20 years ago. So. Yeah. <laughs> but you do them poem. in challenging places. You do them in Estonia. You don't know, like do them in. <laughs> and like, I get away with it as, as a rapper because like yeah. people want to hear the same thing over and over. Yeah. But, I don't want to hear your fucking poems uh, anymore. <laughs> I Not your poems, I just see I mean, you two driving through anyone's. the woods, just like, just him starting a poem. I don't want to hear your fucking poem right now. Poem. I don't want to hear your fucking poem. You know, right weird, now. like, wow, these redwoods are older than us. I don't, 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 don't do it. Russian it makes me feel. Stop, stop, don't stop feel. it. Don't, don't feel. feel. Don't feel. Could you just not just? I, you you felt all the way here. We're not. Don't feel until we stop for gas again. We got half a tank. Nobody's allowed to feel until we fill up. God damn it! Don't feel. Bitch brain. No more male thing has ever been said. <laughs> we're so yeah, we're such assholes because like feeling is feelings are good, but like communicate your feelings better is what we're saying. Yes. 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 You know, like you should feel things, yeah. but stop being so fucking lazy with the way you communicate your feelings. Yeah. Don't have cliche all. feelings. Well, uh, when, when, like, you showed up on a Sage Francis track, like, what was that, in 2007, 8? That makes sense. My, my first album came out in 2008 with us, that you were on a song. Yeah, with Heart Failure. I'm trying to think when I showed up on a Sage Francis track. Yeah. Mixtape wise, maybe? Uh, well, House of Bees was uh, the first. Sick of Wasting, maybe? Yeah. 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 And it's, uh, like, it's like, so it was just kind of like, you know, hey, we're buds. You, well, dude, we yeah, were working a lot together. We, we bonded, were, yeah, through like aim conversations about, <laughs> and we had already toured by that point. Yes, right. And he so, where did the epic beardman come from? It was probably a, a, just a dumb idea that <laughs> we laughed about, and then I was like, "We're definitely doing this." <laughs> was it a little bit of it like it's like, you know, your MCs, you can go on tour by yourself, essentially with an iPod. You know, it's I mean, both some, like some yeah. early MCs I saw, you know, from that Antigon group, like they would just, you know, yeah, you know, that was Gambino. That's what he was doing for a while. Yeah. And um, people were upset. <laughs> yeah. Well, he would get like, it's like perform. Donald Glover used to get booked to do stand up at colleges and then kids would be like yelling out Childish Gambino songs. Weird. And he'd be like, I think I have it on my <laughs> iPod. I'll <laughs> plug it in. But like, it's like you could if you want. 
That's what we do. We do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah we've do both that. done that for many years. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, I'll DJ oh, for you guys right. if you want. That's I'll we, press okay. space bar if you guys want. All right. <laughs> we do want that. We just don't want to pay for your flights everywhere. Yeah, that's the problem I've been running into to, uh, with my whole DJ career. <laughs> yeah. And, um, your, and your travel podcast career. <laughs> and my travel podcast career. But uh, so you, like, uh, is it is a little bit of like the collaboration just, you know, you guys have been on the road. You can be by yourselves as you want. Is it just to kind of have someone to tour with? And not have it be an opener, headliner situation? Well, that is part of it. Because we've toured together for 10 years. And we've done a lot of music over those 10 years. And when we do... I love doing shows with him. I love touring with him. Like, there's not a lot of people I like sharing time with. Like, without me getting upset or, you know, me wanting to fucking fight fight them. Yeah. Like, we get along. And But the weird thing was, like, it would always be Sage Francis headliner, Beatle and opener. And it didn't feel right. Like that was yeah. not that because like Cause we would share the stage. His game and, yeah, the the show like just like, shouldn't go like that. Yeah. Though. So I was like, we're gonna perform together. I don't want it to be a, a night. Yeah. So I was like, we got to do the group thing just so we can like mix it all together and be on stage at the same time. And it's it makes more sense that way. And I it gives me a reason to to feel like I'm doing a fresh thing because the I've been doing the Sage solo thing for so long, and I'm like. I don't really even want to do that anymore. I want to do new shit. But what about the, it's like, and I, I never, it's like, I, I came late to it when it was already a couple of years past, but the life lie album yeah. that you did, yeah. we had members from death cab yeah. uh, for cutie, uh, Caliphone, yeah. Um, and you had, uh, there was someone else. Like Yan Tiersen. Yeah. Who did the best of times. We yeah. Had, it's, a, uh, it's like you had a bunch of indie rockers. Yeah. yeah. Indie rock superstars. Granddaddy. Granddaddy. Yeah. Which I was in a video for. Oh really? Granddaddy's last album. Very excited. That's awesome. Uh, but like, uh, it's like, did you do a tour where those guys were? Did you do a band live band? Tour? I did a live band tour for that. Yeah, and, I, then, you, and then you realize how much money you lost. No, <laughs> it's like I, I think that I was like started, the Roots when they're like, I was like, why would the Roots go and do Jimmy Fallon? I was like, oh, so they can all make money yeah. consistently. Yeah. Now I started. I knew how much money I was going to lose when I did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I started with a live band. That was my first album. Was with a live band. I've toured with several bands through the years, some small, some large. But with the Life album, it was time to like just to switch things up. I wanted a live band again, and uh, we ended up having a group called Free Moral Agents, who are from Long Beach, be my backing band, and it um, consisted of well, the the band leader was Ike Owens, who uh, passed away a few years ago, but he also played for uh, Mars Volta. Oh, shit. And, um, yeah, and, and they wanted to open up and then be my backing band. And I was like, perfect fit. And B was also on that tour. And that's that's just how we went about it. But I, yeah, it was a, that wasn't even the, the money breaker <laughs> on that tour. It was just the fact that that album cost so much fucking money to make. Yeah. And. Well, that's no one like I. I split my fan base in half with it because it was a live album, uh, you know, live instruments, which doesn't give that hip hop sound people are used to with with the beats. Yep. And some people love that. Some people really hate it. And I knew that was going to happen. I just was like, I mean, Fuck it. as far as live, it's like, I mean, backing track stuff is fun. It's when it's a hip hop show because it's just so loose and raw and like lo-fi i love that like it's like when a guy turns on a track and they just start going for it but there there's also that live element and it does like bring a different aspect to rapping i think well, it's specific like as a hip-hop fan i 
I have seen Rap Acts tour with live bands and been like, man, I wish this was just a DJ because on as a hip hop listener, like when I hear "Fuck the Police," I want to hear the James Brown yeah. drums. Yeah, you want to hear the samples. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I did a couple tours with live bands, and <clears throat> we tried to work around that problem, and we did with like a combination of backing track drummer playing to a click track so that you can still hear the break, yeah. but still feel the punch of live drums. Like it's complicated, man. It's very, yeah, no, it's very. It's, but even bass, like guitar bass, is very different than than yeah, the bass really. that. And that's yeah, another guy you got to hire to do bass that like, we want. You know, yeah. the sound it's, compli- it's very complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't like fucking with any of that. It takes two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't I hate it. What's well, and it's uh, it's what's funny, and like and really like affirming for what, what you guys are doing right now and to hear that you're just doing it based like you're just doing tracks and you guys are on stage together and the fact that you're having fun it's like as a performer myself that like it's like you know I started doing a lot of stuff outside of stand up for a while and like I kind of was like oh I'm done with stand up almost like I, how you probably feel with like you know poetry yeah. slam scene where I kind of was like I, it's like nah I did it I'm done I kind of I do these things now where I like I I write or make TV shows and I do this stuff or I'm this, I'm an actor guy or whatever. And then, um, and then I found a way recently, like within the past few months, like how to make it fun for myself and how to like have a good time doing it. And part of it was like, you know, going on the road and doing shows with these guys and then just kind of going like all the dumb bits, all the funny fucking fucked up shit that I was always not trying to work into a set I found. And it's like when I heard your album, that's how I like. I was like, oh, other people, other artists I like do that too. Yeah. They just go, you know what? Fuck, it, I'm just gonna have some. I'm gonna have fun. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't take away from my point of view if I'm not talking. It's like if there's a song where I don't talk about how I feel about how fucked up shit is or how like shitty things can be. If I just go, eh, sometimes farts are weird. You know, it's like you go. It's like you just have fun with that. Great that new moment. closer, by the way. Love that in Chicago. It, yeah. You know, yeah. I think it could have gotten better. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but it's like it's like it's it's inspiring to yeah. see artists, especially guys like you, have been doing it for so long, and also walk the talk, like what you guys have done for communities and overall humanity is impressive and inspiring. The fact that you like you don't you go oh well if I spend my time donating like to like this cause I won't be. I won't be making some kind of art that someone can tell me is good and I'll feel good about myself. Yeah. It's incredible and inspiring. And it's, I, I, I have to say also like, just like the, the AIDS work yeah. is in, insane that like that, you know, that, that tour you put together. It's like when I started reading about this stuff, I was like, Holy shit. Like, this is incredible. I just gotta say like, it's like the way you guys do stuff is incredibly inspiring. And I think more artists should uh, take note. Thank I you, appreciate man. that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't mean to like go. I, no, I, it's I was great. Say it's that nice to my, get I, some recognition for it because like we we don't go out of our way to get praise for the, those kind of things. But you should. If we notice, great. we do. We do notice when others don't do good shit. Well, I'll tell you that much. Well, it's like it's like I was like thinking. You know, Elon Musk was like like talking a big game about how he's going to start a candy shop yeah. or a candy company, and I was just like, dude, you could single handedly easily just fix the pipes in Flint. Yeah. It'd be fucking chump change to you. Yeah, replace the pipes. All these yeah. celebrities that are like, it's like you know to replace the pipes in Flint. It's 
It's under it's a like million dollars. F- it, no, it's like one million. No, it's like forty-five million. But which four, is no, it's not forty-five million. It, 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 it it's it's something ridiculous because the it's I think it's it's Be five it it's five million less than Trump's parade uh, budget. <laughs> The the budget that they gave him last if week. If it's only forty five million, I mean, I'll fucking pay for that. Uh, <laughs> well, here's here's the thing: is like you guys not only are doing it DIY, as 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 you mentioned several times on that album, but but like the fact that you're doing it yourself and you're doing it for other people at the same time, like that that's admirable. Like you're giving with almost more than you have, which is which is really cool. This some. Blue collar, uh, if you want to call it, or or DIY, what, yeah. how, however you put it, if you have that intention in there at the same time, that you're you're doing God's work. Like I'm not a, not a huge fan of the church, but that was something <laughs> you're that doing gave me. the white Jesus's work. The white <laughs> Jesus's work. I'm glad well, we could end on this. That, like in general, though, they say poor, like poor people, working class people, give more money to charity yeah. and are more aware of people in need in general. And I feel like that it's actually shouldn't be that surprising. And I'm never that surprised either when I find that 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 type of work or that type of material has made me toxic to the larger industry to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. I mean, like we just came from a conversation about where we were talking with a major label cat who was also a big Hillary supporter. And we had like a little back and forth about like why Hillary would have been all right. And Uh, well, we already would have been. And it's like, well, yeah, Hillary would have been all right for you because you are invested in the status quo. And most people with power in the music industry are invested in the status quo. I I knew that my for most of my career I was like these if you are writing for fucking Pitchfork you're doing okay and therefore like you don't feel the urgency that I'm putting into my music because you're not who I'm even talking to and yet you know you hear it and go like oh that's political rap oh he's a political rapper like uh but fuck that I don't you know I, I was aware I've been aware of that and I'm cool with that choice but it's cool to also be recognized uh you know and that's why now the epic beard men we can take a softer approach to topics that don't have to make yeah. people feel like we're yeah. fucking like in a firestorm. We're kind well, of that just fucking like, that song you put out. What was it like a month after nine 11? Yeah. Makeshift Patriot. Yeah. 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 I, I mean that song was, was a result of just a lot of things happening all at once that I was very open and open to and privy to and capable of doing. Yeah. That's, that just I had just you know graduated from college with a degree in journalism. I was fresh, you know, like freshly schooled on the ethics of journalism. Yeah, I am. Um, I waited for Public Enemy or Rage Against the Machine to make the song, and they weren't making it. And everyone was fucking scaring the shit out of me. And it I was, was like, you and No Effects. I think we're the only yeah. one, the they, first yeah, ones. They they were even on a delay. I was the first one, as far as I know. And no, they, no, they it was you, later. and then it was uh, it was I think like the spring of next year <clears throat> yeah. was the only time that because we were but we, at first we were watching every, for it. At first, everyone was was literally singing the national anthem, yeah. and waving flags, like yeah. literally singing, yeah. like even rappers. So I was like, "What the fuck yeah, are Pete you doing?" Pablo, yeah, yeah. So, USA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and because there was like it was like everyone was. The ignorance and the hatred and the, the fear and and like who are we gonna kill like who are I we just, gonna... when I heard about it one of my first thoughts was like this is crazy also oh we finally got a taste of what we've been doing around the world mm-hmm. and that was like and that was hard to like tell addressing people. that yeah addressing, addressing people that... it's like you're like oh you fucking love it that the terrorists and I was like no but it's just like 
we've been doing this yeah. for a long time. Yeah. My, was, I, I had a roommate at the time who was a, uh, he's, I just found out he he's since passed on, but he was a, uh, he was a black Panther, uh, in the neighborhood that we were living at the time. And I think the first tower had fallen and the second one hadn't, but he walked up and he says, you just watch, there's going to be a big white foot that comes down on America and then turned, walked in his room and closed the door. Yeah. And he fucking called it. I remember that song uh, mm-hmm. and hearing it and feeling a connection. Yeah. But, but especially going like this, this didn't change overnight because of these, these two towers falling. It didn't, all the, all this stuff that we knew about before. And I was so happy that somebody was just bringing it back. To yeah. The the Major Major was like a huge thing for everybody that I knew. Like they were just saying like, it's like, this guy said what we were feeling. Like the thing that we couldn't really, everyone was kind of like leaning towards or. It was tough to say it because anyone who would say anything that wasn't in line with the, the flag waving was, was looked at with a critical eye Yeah, and like, what are you saying? Yeah. Are you one of them? Are you one of them? Yeah. I felt like I was going to get dragged out in the street. I like, I literally had no idea how that song was going to be received. I, I, I released it with a very clenched asshole. I was fucking scared. <laughs> I put it out for free and I was like, Here's something that yeah. you know I don't hear many people talking about, but uh, give it a listen. Yeah. Well, the fact that Neil Young literally put out an album yeah. like maybe Let a year him, or so later, yeah. it's a Let's Roll. Let's roll. Yeah, that was I remember odd. we were we were really at the record weird. store. I covered that as Bombzo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did really? Yeah, yeah. That. Where do I find the Bombzo stuff? That and American Soldier by Toby Keith. <laughs> that, that's, I never release those. Those are just on a hard drive. Did you do? Uh, <laughs> well, we're putting out a seven. By, uh, <laughs> I think, I, there, there might have been a third. Oh, I did. This land is my land. And uh, it was just like I had just changed all the lyrics to this land is my land. Uh, this land is my <laughs> land. From something to Three Mile Island. I don't know, God damn. Yeah. Those are heady days. Yeah. Well, uh, luckily we really, that whole war got cleared up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're on the new ones. <laughs> Forever war. Yeah, that was. Um, I, I. It's. I'm at a point now where it's. It's tough because I remember when I when I got into punk, like all the guys I was in my scene with, were a few years older than me, and they were all very political. And we talked about this before, where it's like it, I was still like you know living in a fantasy world of being like 15 and watching. I was like obsessed with Mel Brooks movies, and I was getting into Charlie Chaplin, watching Marx Brothers, like getting into Airplane, like you know I was like obsessed with this like this comedy stuff, and. I just wanted to have fun. I loved Weird Al and like everyone I knew were a few years older. Like some guys were in the military and they're like, they like we were doing, you know, Mumia Abul Jamal free Mumia benefits and we're doing food, not bomb benefits. And like, like it's like, you know, I'd have to wait to play between songs. Cause the singer was like talking like about politics. Yeah. Free to bet. What? Free Tibet was big. Yeah. Free Tibet was like a big part of it. And like a lot of like Hawaii stuff. And I remember just being like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm 15. I don't care. Like, it's like, and then, um, and I remember being actively avoiding like this stuff and what I call ostriching, you know, you just stick your head in the sand and, and, um, and then I, you know, got older and I, I felt like a need to be involved and do what I could and donate to places that I feel deserve them. And then, but nowadays with like everybody being able to talk politics and everyone that's like, so dumb having yeah. a hot take on <laughs> yeah. something and the fact the fact that like talking about a reality show host and a porn star fucking and a payoff that happened yeah. is like a political discussion <laughs> a, a discussion that we have to talk about as, as, as in the terms I, of america I called it during bush two i said we are 10 years away from a sex day president 
I was like, it's going to happen. And it would have happened earlier if fucking cameras around during the JFK years. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. sure there's, there's, there's yeah. got to be some. Think of all the there. interracial shit that we would have saw during uh, these 17 and 1800s. <laughs> All these. Oh, there, has oh, be, man. there has to be Bill Clinton tapes. Uh, yeah, in in some vault. <laughs> Is this thing all? I think it's a specific thing to want to tape yourself. Yeah, I don't think Trump wanted himself to get taped. I guess yeah. they just he's just he's got enough mirrors in that fucking house to know better. <laughs> yeah, but can you imagine what what the GoPro stock price would do if they're like we're the official presidential sex tapes yeah. camera? Like, not even urine can stop our cameras from rolling. <laughs> Waterproof housing up to a trickle. <laughs> yeah, fuck uh, your seven twenty. We got well, it's like, president. And the hardest part about. Like the Trump stuff, it's like, yeah, Trump is terrible. Trump is dumb. Trump is like not a good president. And maybe I don't even want to really even like go into the Russian thing. It doesn't matter to a point where it's like it's like America like resoundingly like supported this terrible person. And it's it's like everyone wants to be like, oh, Trump is the problem. But it's it's like America is kind of been lead it's like they've been leaning towards this yeah. moment for yeah, we, a long time we weren't yeah, doing we weren't doing good on the easy fights and now we got a hard one and it's just we're so unequipped yeah i mean we've been traveling this country for a while and we we take note of the signs and of support that we see trump won that election he did win he that did election. win that election yeah, yeah, yeah. bernie could have won the election because yeah. we—he was the second most fucking. Yeah. Still got signs out yeah. for Bernie. Yeah. Yeah. Hardly see Hillary. Hillary shit. Clinton. No. Uh, I like see that about his off paraphernalia. We, yeah, we yeah. were torn so much during that election yeah. year. It was nowhere, man. And here's nowhere the but the Lilius White neighborhood. Yeah, it was Hillary Bernie Clinton and Trump. Those yeah. were the fucking. That, and that's what it would have done. It's like, it's one of those things where it's like, and I, you know, everyone says like on podcasts and like in your art and stuff, especially in comedy, especially coming from us, like they go stick to, you know, playing bands and, but like music is inherently political for the most part. And, uh, I was a Bernie supporter and I begrudgingly voted for Hillary, not because I didn't want a female president, but just because I didn't want to like, I didn't, I didn't want, I wanted a change. And the thing is that people that voted for Trump also wanted to change. Yes. And it was a mirrored version. That's what I was trying to explain. You know, it was like the, the counter argument is like, well, Hillary would have been fine. It wouldn't have been this fucking nightmare we're in. It's like, no, it wouldn't have been this nightmare we're in for you. But for many, many people, you know, Obama deported record numbers of Mm -hmm. people. Uh, Who's the drone king? Hillary. Yeah, this uh, yeah, my, my joke arguably would have bombed Syria sooner. Yeah, yeah. my yeah. joke about like uh, like it's like oh why didn't you ever make fun of Obama? I was like well I would have but I'd be afraid of being killed in a drone attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's like it's like I, it's like he was not good. He was just another president. He was and, and I like what I was saying is at dinner is that Hillary was like the last maybe the last liberal liberal shot at a president where in liberal meaning like I'm going to talk a good game about poor people, people of color, marginalized people. I'm going to continue to take money from Wall Street. I'm going to continue to fund mm-hmm. the, and expand the military industrial complex. And we're going to continue quietly fucking you over, you know, yep. like, and, and, and working people are not as dumb as politicians think they are. And they were like, look, we, we want to blow this shit up. Like free trade has not worked for us. Yeah. Our communities suck. You know, like we yeah. have been in some fucking shitholes in America. Like corporate corporations have fucking taken over, killed mom and pop shops, yep. privatized water, Flint, you know, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Nestle, a lot of this less. stuff has happened under debt 
under Democrats. Under Democrats. Yeah, Democrats it's because the they love corporations. The yeah. Democrats love corporations. They yeah. love money in a way where it doesn't seem like they love money. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that like Nestle owns the water rights in uh, Flint, Michigan, and that's a big problem over there. And the fact that people like I was on a I was on a shoot the other day, and they hand me a Fiji water bottle, and that's it's like I need water, and I, I'll drink from the tap because it's not as bad. Yeah. as like what people say in Los Angeles like you won't die from it <laughs> yeah. that's all I'll say you you might not you won't want to pump it into your veins but you won't die from it <laughs> but Fiji water bottles is a, is something that nobody should drink because that is a company that came into an island nation that needs that water and that also has a bottling bottling plant on those islands that has an uh like a, a you know their uh, runoff from their bottling plant of plastic ruins the fishing industry. So not only are they taking the water from the people that should get it for free, but they're also ruining the industry that they use to survive. Huh. And and these yeah. are things. So like, don't drink Fiji water. If you have a writer, tell them if there's Fiji water in there, yeah, it, you, you're not performing there. You know, in a Morrissey Nestle, way, Nestle, but yeah. not in a new yeah. Morrissey way. In yeah. an old Morrissey <laughs> way. Nestle's also a shitty company. Yeah. Nestle, Nestle is, is terrible. Does horrible shit with. Uh, giving women breast uh, breast formula breast milk substitute in the third world mm-hmm. uh, while they're in the hospital which causes them to stop lactating yeah. and gets them stuck using Nestle's powdered milk formula which then they bring home to like impoverished villages with water problems yep. and dilute the formula and mix it with shitty water yeah. and Nestle's uh, track record is fucking yeah, long Nestle's whack. yeah Nestle has a uh, real bad real long like it's like they've been doing it for a yeah. long yeah. time they're bad. Yeah. That's a bad fucking company. It's like the fact that they put out cookies, it was almost a distraction. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, they're like, they're like, it's like, it's like, oh, what, they own these water companies and these, these soda. Like, hey, yeah. cookies. Elves. Hmm? Elves. <laughs> they got a building over in Glendale. That's Keebler. Keebler is a Nestle company, right? I believe they are. They Fooled again. Of, they own tons of fucking candy yeah. companies. And yeah. Well, it's. You know, well, we at least we we're, used to we're, have all yeah. that information yeah, on Omar.org. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. What happened to the site? The yeah. site. So this is the thing. So these is, guys, yeah. these guys have done great work of like it's like anti-corporation. Here's the thing. Corporation. I'm incorporated. It was I'm uh, incorporated, but too. I'm just a guy. Yeah. It's about just a guy. It's about corporate control. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which which is a little you know it's a, I corporations do have a use for sure but our current yeah, getting around tax corporations yeah. that's exactly what it is yeah, yeah. i wouldn't yeah. be incorporated yeah, right. if it didn't have a tax benefit yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i just like having a cool name that i can have on my check <laughs> but yeah in 2005 that was one of the first things we worked together on was a a website that i had an idea for after reading fast food nation and yep. uh, th- looking into the into all the stuff behind the fast food industry and realizing that there was no central resource where working people without a lot of time could go enter the name of a brand product or company and get the rap sheet on who they are and whether it's good or not to, to give these people your money. Yeah. Um, so and you'd be surprised listeners like what is bad? Yeah. It's super complex. Uh, lots of companies do some good and a lot of bad. Yeah. Like that's very popular. They call it greenwashing where it's yeah. like you spend more money polluting, but you spend a little bit of money on a marketing campaign that, uh, you know, t- um, trumpets your green initiatives. Yeah. With in and out burgers, they, everyone focuses on the, the fact that they put like Christian or, you know, biblical, um, you scripture. know, scripture titles on really? their cups and fries. Yeah, John three sixteen. Yeah, it's you, like on the you bottom. Go, you go to an in and out and you turn over the cup. Yeah. The but, medium. But the thing small, is, medium, they large. are the most ethical 
um, company oh, that supports you. local farmers. Right. They pay their uh, their employees more yeah. than any other fast food company. I think they they, still, they give health yeah. benefits to part time workers. Yeah. They have huge scholarship funds for yeah. high school. Yes, kids. it's like they do more for the the farmers and the and the ranchers. I've never heard a bad word spoken about In and Out Burger to tell you yeah. the truth. Except but. unless you get something protein style. Like protein style sucks, but everything else is pretty great. Yeah. What's protein style? Is you get a burger without the bun? It's just oh, lettuce just around lettuce, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't mean ethically. I meant like taste wise. <laughs> it's just a little disappointing. Yeah, I mean it's it's tricky. We we had a huge investigation with American Apparel that took me like a year of my life. As I you came took here. down Dove Charney. I didn't single handedly take down Dove Charney, but I was deposed. No, it was a couple the, of his hands that did that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. But yeah, I was deposed in the case against him for sure. Wow. Yeah. And uh, we produced like an 80 page report on that company. So I is there any, the any remnants once. of this site left? I know it's down now. It's down. We have the, the, we have all the archives of it. Yeah. What happened is like it was purely run on volunteer steam for half a decade or more. That's a lot of volunteers. Yeah. It was, I mean, no, it was, there's no volunteers. Well, that's so a lot that's of volunteer hours. Yeah. <laughs> no one wanted to do the work. Me. I took like a year of my life yeah. and just like filled out all these profiles and just kept it going as, as far as I could with some minor help. Um, but, yeah, we ran a Kickstarter after Trump was elected, which was a time when lots of people were in panic mode. But but the thing was, you know, like this is in 2005 where we're putting this stuff forward. And in 2005, everyone was in crisis mode. Like I was the person to go, you know, like, okay, well, we're doing Nestle. Let me go do the survey of what environmental activists are saying about Nestle and what political influence activists are saying. And across the board, everyone was like, Yo, it's it's a crisis right now. The the climate is changing. Yeah. Workers are being exploited. Water is being privatized, and it's a global crisis that we don't even have the tools to address. Because I would talk to union workers during the American Apparel thing who who are fighting for you know uh, wages and conditions in California factories, and they'd win their fight, or they'd get the workers their back pay, and they'd win in court. And then the next week, the factory would close up and move to Mexico and mm -hmm. do the same shit. And now you've just lost that whole community a job center. Yeah. So it was like, how the hell are we going to globally? What what is the global standard of what a worker should be treated like, or what is the global standard of is water a human right? And and like. And, and when you're like, oh, Hillary would have solved the problem, like, nah, man, because Hillary you isn't know. even close to talking about ideas like that. Yeah. yeah. And and that's the type of shit that we're going to need to have to figure out, or the world is just going to be sucked dry of every resource, and these motherfuckers are going to go to space and yeah, I think it's, <laughs> yeah. You know, leave us to die here. You know? I, I truly believe like focusing on your community right now is more important than ever. Yeah. yeah. It's a, there's more, there's, there, that's like a one to one thing you'll see is like, it's like, Donate your time and your energy into your community because you can do shit there. Because you can yeah. do shit and you yeah. can see it and you can feel it. Yeah, you'll feel the repercussions of you know donating your time to cleaning up the L.A. Riverbank. Mm -hmm. You know, going like it's like you know a lot of like some of our friends will go in and they'll pull trash out of it just to make it a little better. And you can do shit on a on national issues at a local level. That's something that cor anti corporate activists were doing, and I see anti gun activists doing it now, where it's like. It's too, the, the, you know, the corporate money is all in your state house, all in the federal level, mm -hmm. but you could get elected to your city council and pass a law in your city saying no one can mine our drinking water or assault weapons are banned here. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and you are maybe legally in the wrong, but when the NRA or Walmart or something, because there was a California town that had a big um, fight against Walmart and they kept, they passed the resolution like no store over this many square feet can mm -hmm. be in this city. Yeah. And when you force that fight, 
it causes it brings national attention and it's like well why the fuck can't that yeah and you get to have those discussions i think i think compton did that yeah i I think it was compton here it said that they they would not take a walmart because they were and and also they have one in carson so yeah that that was the other thing is they just moved it over the hill but that compton said we do not want a walmart because we have all these uh, small these businesses. small businesses that have been here forever. We don't want to. We don't want to shut. Yeah. shut them Shout out. out to Chinatown, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. Did I already say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, I don't, I don't think you did it on the record. Shout out to Chinatown yeah. for um, shutting out all chain stores yeah, and yeah. chain convenience stores, all chain restaurants. <laughs> because I walked for miles today looking for coffee, <laughs> and it was like. There was no chain. There's nothing I recognized whatsoever. I'm like, I'm in America, but I'm definitely in China right now. This yeah. is insane. Yeah. I had a tea that I think also had opium in it. But <laughs> Use the Chinatown method. Hold yeah. the line. I'm yeah. really fucking impressed. Forget about, forget about Sage. It's Chinatown. <laughs> well, uh, we want to thank our guest, oh Sage God, Francis and B. Dolan, for joining us thank, on thank this. You. Thanks for having I hope you guys had a good time. Yeah, it was really, blast, man. really uh, great to have you this guys. Is a, this is a, the, the best example, I think, these two guys are the best example of guys who are doing it because it's fun, because they have to. Because it's like it's like it's just something inside them is making them do it, and they don't want to go back to poetry slams. Yeah, <laughs> please. But also that they use that to do something better and to inspire outside of uh, you know what is normally expected of of any kind of artist, be it you know yeah. any genre of music. Um, what you guys do is great, and it's like like artistically and politically and socially, it's awesome. Preach it, hey, and thank you for not asking us to rap. Or about oh, and thanks for not talking well, about. How beards. do you think it was gonna fucking end the show? You drop, drop the beat. I just felt you. The beat. I felt you were going up to that. He was, was building like, up to the freestyle. You had a beat thanks ready. For never ever asking us that. Well, I guess I there's nothing to. Well, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, please, please don't. <laughs> what if you? What this, has hey, anyone asked yeah. you to rap? Incredibly shitty. That'd no, be, not not like the, no one's like. Pur- can you purposely rap shitty for us right now? I'd have to think about the shitty rap style that I want Emily. Oh, because you play you're that, so good. Can that you play that? Have a bad can you play time? that Emily video again? <laughs> hey, I she can, did good. It wasn't her It wasn't me. Strange famous. Uh, yes. Thanks again, guys, so much for coming here. I uh, really appreciate it. If uh, they are on tour right now, strangefamous.com, uh, epicbeardmen.com. Uh, these guys are on all social media. If Sage, you're in Cor- Francis uh, is done. He's put down the mic. If you're in There's Korea, we do. I think we got, we've had some submissions from Hawaii, Korea. So Hawaii friends, uh, do check it, it out. There, two shows in Korea. Hey, so if there was, like, what's your. Like collectively, if you were to agree on one song from the Epic Beardman uh, album, what would it be? Two different ones. Two different ones. This, this, yeah, this is the one you were talking about. Uh, the oh, for, okay. for all the dads right, it was War on Christmas. I just like that. It was War on Christmas was very funny to me because it had the. I like that too. It's very good just because it has the uh, dealer's choice. Well, no, 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 no. I'll play the one you guys want. But just to, just to let everyone know, I'm just going to play a little bit of it. Presenting the Epic Beard Man. Oh, yeah. That's her from Circle Takes the Square. I want to say... No snitching. I want to yeah, say... Don't even no say snitch. it. Don't even say it. Not on the air. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uncleared. Um, uh, winged mammal... No, I don't think... I think you're off. Okay. All right. Or... 
Because it, it, it is a... If there was... It, it is a Manny dwarf woman. I don't know. Nope, I don't think so. Me. I think you're in the wrong place. I think you're cold. No. No? I don't think so. Am I being too vague? I'll tell you. I'll tell Sage you. is picking back Sorry, up the mic. And it is time for him to rap. Here's the here's the beat. A bass. Snare. A bass. Snare. Bass. Bass. Snare. Hello. A bass. Snare. Bass. Bass. What's up, girl? Snare. How bass, you snare, doing? Bass. Bass. You snare. feeling this beat? Sample, Me too. Sample. Sample. Bass. Snare. What you want to do? Bass. Snare. Bass, we could do bass, it all night snare. just doing the bass, do. Snare, Me snare, and my crew. Bass. Snare. Yeah, your face bass, is turning blue. Here's you the part where it's an old-timey record. Bass. Snare. A bass. Skirt, 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 skirt. Which song did you want again? Two different worlds because someone got worlds. engaged to it at our show in yeah. LA. Oh, she said yes. Oh, that's. It came up on stage. I told the guy, "Are you sure you want to do this?" Because last time the girl ran away. Not, not, <laughs> not the same couple, but someone else tried to propose at a show, <laughs> and it was the most awkward, the fucking shitty thing oh I've ever seen. God. That's fucking great. Yeah. yeah so, oh, but it shit. all worked out well for this. She said people. yes. This song made her say yes. All right. So. All right. Well, this is off the album "Season One" by Epic Beardman with <laughs> B. Dolan and Sage Francis. They are on tour right now. Please go see them. And any music you hear on this podcast, support it. Tweet at them. Go see them live. Buy a shirt. Buy a song. Buy an album. Do what you can just to show people uh, that what they're doing is being heard because that is very important. And also money. Money is so important, guys. It does, it does help. It seriously runs the world. If, if like my friend Donald... My friend Donald said so this. He's loud. like, he's like, it's so shitty that money's the best thing that humans came up with. <laughs> oh, but uh, here is two different worlds from Epic Beardman, uh, and thank you so much for listening to Jonah Radio. Peace. Michelle, I've been through this so many times. Listen, put those holiday plans on hold. In fact, just cancel those. You want a vacation? Just wait and be patient. I'm heading to Rome. You're like, can I go? Remember what happened the last time? You're in no position to chastise. But get your passport right, and I might just allow this ship to capsize. If you're gonna miss me, though, you can miss me with the misperceptions and misconception of having a right of way at every single intersection. I'm gonna miss some wedding, sir. You're gonna see some girls at the senior prom with me on their arms singing to different worlds. World up. She said she bet we make a hell of a mess. I told her hell to the yes, but let me tell you the rest. Before we split the atom in half and raise the little aftermath, I'm trying to stop losing sunglasses and taxi cabs. Happy dads tell me I should get on the bike. I think they're selling psychedelics, but the trip seems nice. I'm sorry though, I can't tonight. I got a 6 a.m. flight, plus I'm uh, probably be busy for the rest of my life. So please miss me with the rah rah. If you ain't rah-rah, let's connect if you got the heart to slap a cop like Zsa-Zsa. I see you, mama. I like it when you call me Paulie. I like my girls like I like my coffee with a convoluted background story. Miss me with a blah-blah. When I'm gone, miss me then. These are the rules of engagement that I propose you share with your pissy friends. Or you can watch my love unfurl, girl. We are from two different
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.